This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. me up indeed. How do I turn this mic on? Oh, it is on. It's been so long. It's been so long since the Saturday Sesh team has united in strength. Strength in numbers. Roll call. Elliot, present? Presence. There's a reason though, Daniel. There's a reason why we haven't been present, why we haven't been on the show. There's been more important things happening. What? Well, the nation stops, doesn't it? The nation stops when there's a Rugby World Cup. You get the phone call. Grant, not this weekend. Any Rugby well, World Cup's on. Uh, I can kind of understand that decision. Huckleberry, present? Present. Excellent. How are you, friend? I'm good, boys. How are you? It's been a while. It has been a while. You've been a, you're a, a cup of sh- a ray of sunshine this morning. Yeah. Full of energy off here. Fantastic. Do you know what I love about Huckleberry? What? Is that voice. You know, like, Huckleberry, if you had, you know, phoned up a potential wife for the future with a voice like that <laughs> they'd lock you in it's just so crisp what without meeting him yeah without meeting him i think he sounds he sounds uh, like royalty but this is very unusual and class the, the break has obviously done us well because we've come out full of compliments yeah actually very we've un- got to get back to that do you want to put the boot in <laughs> put the boot in early Dan. very very unlike us yeah that is Sorry. very very unlike us we want to speak to you today we have missed you dreadfully 0800-150-811. Go on, join the show. Open slather. Whatever you want to chat, we are willing to chat with you. You can also text us on double eight double three before we get into the show proper. Let's uh, just remind you of what has happened. Uh, headlines at the top of the hour. Hey, the New Zealand Breakers are back on track after a very slow start to the Aussie NBL season. The Breakers um, back after a great win um, over the Taipans of Kens last night down in Christchurch at Wolfbrook Arena. There you go, another opportunity to learn the name of a new stadium. Wolfbrook, it's a good name. Wolfbrook. You throw an animal into any name, it sounds good. <laughs> Snakebrook. Snakebrook, even better. Kangarooebrook. Less so. <laughs> um, it was a closely fought encounter until the Breakers had a dominant third quarter, which solidified their win. 91-81, if you're keeping track at home. Led by import guard Anthony Lamb, 19 points on the night. Hey, Grant, Afghanistan are still on the hunt at the Cricket World Cup to make the semifinals. Don't I know it. After a win against the Dutch. Uh, a very convincing win for Afghanistan too. Um, they won by seven runs. Uh, a tight game at the Cricket World Cup. Staggering. The Dutch uh, were first to bat. They only put up 179 after being out, bowled out after... Sorry, seven seven wicket win. Sorry, a seven wicket win. A seven wicket win. My apologies. I you know, should learn to read sometime. 44 years of age. Maybe they'll <laughs> Uh They only made 179. 
and uh, Afghanistan chased it down in under 32 overs. So I was being rather flippant when I said a tight game. of the And that's their big game, the Netherlands. Afghanistan, they'll be eyeing that one up and going, oh, this is the associate, the clash of the associates in the World Cup. Yep, so they're firmly in the hunt for a playoff pitcher. Uh, Melbourne City FC recorded their first win of the A-League season, comfortably so, beating Sydney FC 2-0 to kick off the third round of the A-League. It's the first win for City this season and was the first win of the new uh, era under Aurelio Vidmar, who took over midweek. He's back in the A-League. Uh, the Wellington Phoenix, double dose of football coming your way from Sky Stadium later today. Uh, it is the Wellington Phoenix women up against Brisbane Raw before the Wellington Phoenix men take on, funnily enough, Brisbane Raw. So it's a double header. And uh, let's go back to basketball because Finn is a big basketball fan and he's cramming as much basketball uh, into the headlines. And rightly so, the guy writes it, right? He puts it together. Victor Wembanyama is here. I'm sure your boys, big basketball fans, have told you all about this bloke. Big Vicky. Vicky Dub. <laughs> Vicky Dub already. So he he's here. Him? He's back. He's here. The hype is real surrounding the French freak. Um, how tall is he? 7'3"? Seven, 7'4"? Three? Seven, 7'4". Four? Seven, four. Yeah. Eight foot wingspan. Uh, it's ridiculous. Eight foot. Yeah. And plays like a point guard. Shoots up, you know, pull up threes. See the French guy. I think guy. Guy Havel on Twitter had a great line last night suggesting it's like when you, um, you know, play M- NBA on, on PlayStation and you create a player. You create a player and you make him seven foot yeah. four with handles like Kyrie, shoot like Steph. You know, that's him. Yeah, that's that's basically him. So, so he's here in New Zealand. No, he's just he's just real. Oh, uh, because he raked up thirty eight points and ten rebounds last night, uh, yesterday, as uh, his San Antonio Spurs had a win over the stacked Phoenix Suns team, which featured Kevin Durant, who's a bit of a unicorn himself, um, as far as uh, his physical um, and skill attributes. Um, Devin Booker's pretty handy, so one thirty two, one twenty one. Thing is, number one pick doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're number one pick. Doesn't mean you're good. No, but this guy looks good. It's a, it means you've got potential, right? And when you get 38 points and 10 rebounds yeah. in the NBA... No, so now he's arrived. Yeah, he's arrived. But it's like, I always think... Not literally, sort of... Yeah. You know what I'm saying. But I always think back to Tom Brady, right? Where, I don't know what pick he was. Was he... He was in the... Well down. Yeah, we're like... Maybe the last r- pick? Yeah, towards the end. Was it the 69th pick or something? And he took it as, a, as an insult. Six-round pick. He was pick number 199. Oh, 199. And he took it as a massive insult. And look what he did in his career. Well, it's what you do every time you're in a cricketing draft. You take it personally when you get... <laughs> Here we go. We are six and a half minutes in. And we're back. Six and a half minutes in and we're back. We're back on track. Do you know what's funny about that? Is like when you're in the cricket field and you're playing in a test match or a four-day game and you're in the slip cordon. Yeah. Generally, the people that are in the slip cordon, you have to have chat. You can't be there and offer nothing. But it's like... Or catch. Yeah, the keeper... Catch. Keeper's there. First slip, staggers himself a little bit further back. Second slip up. Third slip, staggers. And then you've got the gully. And the first ball goes through, hits the gloves. Well bowled. Little clap. And then the conversation starts. <laughs> what did <laughs> you do last night? It can go anywhere. <laughs> and then that's it for the rest of the day. Focus gone. You only have to focus during that small amount of time just as the bowler releases the ball, but otherwise it's banter like that. Brilliant stuff. Uh, the, uh, the latest in the headlines. Our number is 0800 What's coming up on the show? Well, plenty. Uh, Grant and I will get uh, deep into the Cricket World Cup after 11 o'clock part of Swinging Both Ways. It's affectionately, lovingly known as Swinging Both Ways with Razine. Razine for expert paint and colour advice. Uh, we'll take a broad look at the tournament as a whole because we've been off here um, as a couple. 
uh, for a couple <laughs> of years, a couple of weeks, a couple of years. Feels like years, Grant. That's how much I've missed you, mate. Uh, we'll do that about quarter past 11, um, roughly nice. around then. Uh, more cricket to follow, though. We'll then look at New Zealand oh, Pakistan because it's a it. massive game. Massive game after 12 o'clock. Late last night. Working for the people we were late last night, Grant. That's what to, we do. We had to contact Pakistan. We had to go into your massive contacts book. You are a big deal in Pakistan. We know this. There was a lot of plus nine two numbers in <laughs> yeah. that book, wasn't there? It was. Uh, tell us who we've got um, joining us. Oh, Aruj Mumtaz. Aruj Mumtaz, uh, former player, Pakistan player, uh, all of five foot one. Uh, she's a powerhouse, though, really confident. She's doing so well in the world of commentary now. She always has the knack of commentating a barbarism. Hundred, but the yeah. good news, listeners, the good news is she's not at the World Cup. But she, so she won't as it is, right? She's yeah. not. She's not a Pakistan flag waver. She, no, she she's... will critique them fiercely. Yeah, and that's what you want from commentators. Yeah, both sides, but I, both ways. I do feel that the Pakistan movement for this game, I just feel like they're confident, and I, Pakistan fans are never confident. Yeah, because as you say, Daniel, and you always say, which Pakistan is going to turn up. The one I don't trust. <laughs> and mum! And how's this? The Kiwis take on the Kangaroos. We're going to be joined by an absolute legend of New Zealand Rugby League. Around about 20 to 12 to look at this game. The one, the only Mr. Graham Lowe. Cannot wait to welcome him nice. to the show to break that down. So that's a look at what's coming up. All the regular features along the way. But we want to hear from you. 0800 150 811. Grant, I need some help. I need some help. I know you do. There is a grey, stormy cloud hanging over the land of the long white cloud. Oh. We are in mourning. Oh, I don't want to speak for you. There's no other way to describe it. I'm downcast. My state of mind is a little bit bleak. The land of your birth have been the masters of our misery this week. Haven't they, Grant? They have. It hasn't been a great week. Firstly, we watched the All Blacks lose to South Africa by one. Just one point. Then I've had to watch South Africa dying out with all their victory parades and having fun. And then I've had to suffer through and take, swallow my medicine, listening to the hot takes out of South Africa, that this is the greatest rugby team of all time. And they actually had a sincere chat about it. They, they thought it was real. When we all know the answer is no, they are not. Absolutely not. Only one player made the world 15. Yeah. Uh, so... Then it was South Africa again against our Black Caps. And then news. Well, it was the news. It's been a few months old. But you told me this morning when you wandered in saying we lost the World Shearing Championships too. And I was like, what? Well, how did I miss this? The Golden Shears. Golden Shears back in... I did not... I, I missed this completely in June. We lost the Golden Shears for the first time since its inception. 46 long years. 1977. And who did we lose to, Finn? Have a guess. Have a guess, Huckleberry. Was it was it South Africa? It was South oh, Africa. Oh no. Dear oh dear. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Rural communities at the moment are in shock. Well, rural communities, unlike us city slickers, are probably aware this news happened. Yeah. Yeah. We, being the dumb city slickers, have only cottoned on to the fact. Well, you know how I got the information, Daniel. My phone has been blowing up like a Christmas tree lately. Every morning. Because it's evening time in South Africa yeah. when it's morning here and you wake up and you look at your messages and you're like, South Africa are running hot, clearly. Because <laughs> there are all these messages. The golden shears was probably the last straw, the straw that broke the camel's back. 
But what I'm hopeful for, and this you always have to live in hope, listeners. Always live in hope. Don't let Daniel's pessimism Damn. of where we're currently at yeah. detract from the fact that we're still in the running for the Cricket World Cup if we beat Pakistan here. Are we, though? Are we? And this is a, a genuine oh, question no. for our listeners. 0800-150-811. Go and join us. Um, you can discuss any of those uh, uh, those topics, anything that's going on in the sporting world uh, that has captured your imagination. Um, South Africa. Where did you watch the World Cup final? At home, on the couch with the boys. They actually loved it. Like It's very difficult for um, kids these days to stay focused and concentrate for more than five minutes but they watched the whole game which i was like you know ages eight and 12 i was really impressed with them did they moan about the officials like most new <laughs> they did <laughs> and i had to so say to them Kiwis, i said true kiwi rugby fans boys i said <laughs> listen and all those parents listening at the moment i said to them never ever blame it on the referee i was like you can well, always we do, this do something no but you can't you no, can't do, as parents your kids can't hear us doing that I it's found, wrong you know you're right i found it hilarious league loyalists complaining about new zealand rugby fans for complaining at refs it's like we do it across every sport no oh, we can't we it's do. just like we such do. it's such an average way of behaving after you lose well, a game. I'm average i still complain nah. about dick french from the mid 80s should have scored more tries. Should have kicked more over the poles. That's the the answer. Joey, welcome to the show. Are you happy and sunshiny like Grant Elliott, or just a, a, an absolute myriad of misery like I am? Hello, Joey. Ah, uh, g'day, lads. Look, look, I'm always happy because you know, sport is sport, and you can wake up in the morning and carry on. That's the main thing. And um, yeah, we didn't get over the line in the rugby and uh, through different circumstances. That's how it is. I mean, they were just the end of the day. It's um. They won the World Cup, and in five years' time, it'll be South Africa's name on the cup, and that's how it is. But um, I'm a bit concerned. I've been talking to you, Daniel, during the week, too, about the um, cricket. You know, um, we, Grant, we, 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 we really haven't beaten anybody that can win the World Cup. Okay, you know, we come up against England first up, and it, mm. but the other teams we beat, I got a bit carried away and thought, oh, we're going all the way here. Yeah. And then, then, then we come up against India, they rolled us. Then we come up against Australia, and I know it was a great game, but they still beat us. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we got beat. And then we got smacked by South Africa. And I'm just going, Should we, are we, you know, can we make the semis? I mean, Pakistan, we, we seem to think of struggle against. Um, I think we can beat Sri but I hope we can. Because, um, yeah, I mean, I just get really concerned now, you know. I mean, um, I thought we were going really well. But when I look back on it, I go, well, actually, who did we really beat? I know you've got to win those games. But, I mean, we haven't beaten those teams we beat. And they're going to win this World Cup. And no disrespect to them. But they're not, are they? I, okay, Joey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some hope here because it sounds like you're, you're worried, you're anxious for the game Let's tonight. positive and, music going. And so am I. So am I, Joey. But we did beat England first game, but England have been horrendous this World Cup, okay? So everyone's beating them and everyone's beating Sri Lanka. And yes, I agree with you, we should beat Sri Lanka, but that's not the game we should worry about. We need to worry about Pakistan. But then we went into three easy games. We always knew Netherlands, Bangladesh, then Afghanistan. And Afghanistan are an easy beat, but we smoked them. Got our net run right up. And it was always going to be those games in the middle where we needed to win two games. Kumbaya. We needed to win and beat 
India, Australia, or South Africa. We needed to win some of those games to actually give us an easy run in to Pakistan, and we haven't. But the hope around those games is we didn't lose badly. Oh, come on, Captain Happy. Give we, it to me. We played a great game against India. We scored 273. I wouldn't say great game, but they only won in the 48th over. They were six down. Oh, nothing like an honourable loss, Grant. And then we lost by five runs, chasing down 388 against Australia. We conceded 387, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joey, those two games I'm happy with. South Africa, I am not happy, but I think that that's just a, you know, maybe a hangover from the rugby. The boys subconsciously <laughs> were beaten before they got to the park. But let's stay hopeful for Pakistan. We're a strong nation. Yes, we're behind... We're behind the eight ball here, but we like being behind the eight ball. We like being the underdog, and I think we've got it the perfect position now, being the underdog going into these semis. And I think we're going to smoke them. Captain Positive there, Joey. What do you say to him as you wrap this up? Well, as I said, you know, we have to... Yeah, I'm positive about, about we can win it. We can win that against Pakistan. Oh, good. But in one thing, I, I, think, I think we have to win this, this game, you know. Otherwise, going into... into um, Sri Lankan game, we might be going. Oh, we might. It might be. Uh, you know, it might be in everybody else's hands. And um, the other thing too, I know um, uh, we, we have. We, I can't work out why we haven't played Isodi. I mean, um, you know, I know we're going for speed at the. You know, when we're we're playing. Um, uh, what's his name? He's got just got injured a little Ferguson. bit. Ferguson. Um, Ferguson. Yeah. Ferguson. But. Yeah, yeah, but he went. Not no disrespect to him, but he went for twelve. I know it was it was a, it was three hundred and fifty odd, and and Aussie got smacked around a little bit too. But he went for twelve runs and over. That's that's two runs a ball. Now, if if I know it's it's a hypothetical, but if this showed you, so had been in there, would he have gone for twelve runs and over on a on a wicket like that? Or, I don't know. I mean, I yeah. think we should get Sodi a go. You know, that's how I feel. And, uh, Fair yeah. enough, Joey. Understand it. Hey, thanks so much for your call. Thanks, my, Joey. My theme tune would be something along the lines of it's Halloween, mate. <laughs> they're coming to get us. They're no, they're not. They're coming to get us, mate. They're all coming to get us. Oh, Daniel, you, us. you really do try and put me into a negative yeah. state of mind. And <laughs> all Brian. our listeners. Almost, Hello, Brian. Almost like I'm playing a role, Grant. <laughs> G'day, Brian. Is that you, Grant? Is it? Yeah, it is. How are you, Brian? Yes. I'm good. Look, I've got something to talk about the rugby. I've got to make an abject apology. But uh, first of all, Brad, your friend from the Netherlands that went and married a wife, tell him that a cricketer <laughs> marries a maid. He marries a maid, <laughs> all right? Not a wife. <laughs> you, you came on uh, with me on Ian Smith's show, and you said um, a, a mate of yours in the Netherlands married a wife. Oh, did uh, I say I'd rather yeah. married a girl. And no one likes to correct her, but Brian loves loves being a corrector. Sorry about that, Brian. No, Thanks for Brian, correcting no, me. My abject <laughs> apology is this. After the World Cup, I was pretty shattered, you know, and like a lot of yep. us. And I listened to the pundits. I'm not sure what show it was on, but it was pretty affirmative, and I don't like ringing up and saying anything that I can't prove, you know. And yep. uh, the guy said that the Auckland halfback that was brought on uh, destroyed any chance we had by putting a box to kick up with two minutes to go and match over. So I repeated that, and I'd just like him to know and anyone else to know that that's not true. I watched the replays twice, and that never happened. 
I'm not sure what show it was on, whether it was a breakdown, but it was one of the, you know, regular mm. rugby shows, and they were 100% wrong. That young fella didn't do anything wrong. Well, the only the only halfback that kicked the ball away in the last couple of minutes was Fuff de Klerk. Yeah, it? Fuff de Klerk, yeah. From yeah, memory. Yeah, yeah from, that's what I noticed. So are you saying, Brian... Don't trust anything people say on the radio. Is that what you're getting out to the listeners? No, I think you've got to trust the evidence of your own eyes, not somebody else's. <laughs> Damn empirical evidence, Brian. How are you feeling? A few, you know, a few days down the line. I, I don't want to speak on behalf of Grant, but I know what he said prior. We went to here. He's full of pride. I am too. Like considering the way they played, and I always say this: the one thing I, I can demand as a fan is effort, and they gave us so much effort. Didn't yeah. They? Oh. That's all you want, oh, look, isn't it, they, Brian? They emptied the tank, lined up again. Say, you know, yeah. I watched all the great matches between New Zealand and South Africa since 1956, you know, when I was in Dunedin when we beat the mate three. Brilliant. And you, you look back over all those years, and it's just the toss of the coin, really. Both great teams, you know, what's in it? A point. It doesn't really matter. Brian, uh, you know... How mature, Brian. <laughs> I, I can't wait to reach your zenith one day when I grow up. I'll, I'll be a far happier person like you are, Brian. He sounds calm, Brian. But, uh, Brian, exactly. I, I want to sort of echo what Daniel said. And I think, you know, when you watch your sporting teams, and Daniel always takes it from the perspective of the fan, not the professional sports person, which I kind of dip in and out of. But, yes. like... I, I don't know why, but I was just so proud. Well, I do know why. I was so proud of the All Blacks because, for me, a game's a game. And I've been saying to my South African mates in the WhatsApp group, I go, guys, it's just a game. Like, you you know, you could be in Ukraine at the moment. But, like, let's be honest, you know, you're kicking a rugby ball around the field. Like, gee, don't let it ruin your day. But they're coming back and sending me photos of the whole country you know, uh, rioting and, you know, beh- behaving and celebrating this World Cup going, it's just a game, Grant. <laughs> but I'm so proud of the All Blacks because we lost with humility and there was effort. Like, you could actually see that there was effort out there and they were doing everything. They were desperate for their country and that's what you want to see as a fan. Uh, uh, thanks so much, Brian. was marvellous, you know? Right. Just don't go on social media and, you know, watch the South Africans claim that they're the greatest rugby team of all time. Married a wife. (laughs) Don't do that. Yeah, married a wife. Good luck marrying a wife, Brian. Thank you so much, mate. It's 22 minutes after 10 o'clock. Our number is 0800-150-811. If you're just tuning in, you don't know the show, but a liberty. We don't like to be too serious about things. We love talking to you, though. And I always say this. It's open line talkback if there's something you want to discuss. If you want to change uh, subject matter, absolutely. Like that Fanua Blake story yesterday. How wild was that in the space of 24 hours? He's going, he's staying. Crazy. I might ask Grant a little bit later. Do you, do you keep a, an athlete apparently wants to be, um, who wants away? He'll, nah. he'll give us the boring professional athlete's take. <laughs> uh, it's all about processes. Hey, Dino. Oh, Dean. Yes, okay. good morning, Dean. How are you going? We're great. Great. Dean, you're, da- you're down Thanks. south. Are you rural? No, 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 no. We're, we're well. Hell rural this morning, she's a bit agricultural. We had the craft beer festival in Dunedin last night, so. Good boy. Jeez. Well, well, was there much, 20, was there much talk about losing the golden shears? 
Yeah, but that was months ago, mate. Is there much talk about that, losing the golden shears to South Africa? Yeah, mate, at the end of the day, well, what, don't we lose to South Africa? So it doesn't worry me, mate, so long as the best team wins. Like, I just, all I want to say is thank God it's over. You know, it was torturous. For me, the whole thing was torturous. My TAB account's loving it. I hated it. But we got what we bloody deserved. We had an idiot coach putting the wrong people in the wrong place. Bowden Barrett is a fabulous 10. He's getting older. He should have stayed at 10. You don't put an old guy in the fastest position on the field. You move him in. You know, it was just dumb. So much yeah. dumb, it's unbelievable. The, ref, the referee got it all right. The only thing he got wrong, and this is what this is, I wanted to say this to Dave on the radio, but I haven't been able to get through, was everybody wanked on about Wayne Barnes in 2007, about a full pass. He wasn't even allowed back in the country for 10 years. I Embarrassing, had 20 wasn't it? on no try in the game at 61, and no one's mentioning the blatant full pass to Bowden Barrett for a try. Miles four. Talia threw it forward, it bounced over the line, he caught it and scored. No no, no New Zealanders say anything. That's what annoys me about New Zealanders. That's well, really I did in the commentary. I thought it went sideways and then bounced forward. Mm. But hey, like it's, it's cool, an opinion. It's Your opinion's day. different like to mine, and that, that's absolutely fine. But I'm glad you said that. I thought Wayne Barnes did nothing really wrong. I, you know, the, the one nothing thing that just peeves me about the sport is the live re-reffing of the game. But, you know... You know, was that an egregious yeah, decision, to... Dean? I think you and I have disagreed a lot of things, but I think you and I can agree. There was nothing egregious about the refereeing. Uh, the one you think was egregious actually went against South Africa. Yeah, 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 but what I, I don't, it doesn't worry me. Like, it just, it annoys yeah. me that New Zealanders don't admit it. Like, we got beat by the best team in the world. We've got the best players with an idiot coach. I've said it for five years. I'm not going to retract this. I mean, they even had the audacity, Hanson, of... Well, interview Hanson. He was the one that endorsed him to go there ahead of Razor Robinson. Hanson should have got sacked with Henry in 2007. That was the same. It was just, it was relived. It annoyed Okay, so Dino, I, I'm, I'm going to stop you there, Dino, and I'm going to ask you something. To, we've got to get to a break. Before we get to the break. One more comment. We're Dino, so Scott Robinson, you are happy with him. Because I, I oh, want to document this on the radio. Sounds, yeah. I think he'd be happy with you, Coach. You'd be <laughs> Hundred percent. Like I reckon, I could pick a team okay. that was given South Africa a decent run. It's called the Crusaders. They're a team. <laughs> Get on your team. Thanks, uh, I'm Dino. glad it's all over for you. I'm glad it's all over for you and you and your your budgie in the background can chirp away at each other. And your TAB account. Yeah, to our Evering. Twenty six after ten. What a great start to the show. I love speaking to our listeners. Uh, keep calling. I want hundred one five zero eight eleven back after this. get to speak to you, the world about sport. I assume my mic's on. It's on. Oh, eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. I feel like I'm swimming in paradise with you, Daniel McCarty. Way too much niceties between us. <clears throat> yeah, I, I feel like I'm in that mood because I like to feel calmer before a big game. Yes. And Pakistan, New Zealand is a big game. It's a massive game. Yes. You know, so much so I'm getting... Messages His from... phone is blowing up, by the way. 
Um, yeah. And they're all foreign numbers. And there's, what, what's the area code but, in South Africa? Uh, uh, plus two seven. Right, there's lots of those. Plus two sevens. My God, they're dining out on their success over New Zealand and winding you up no end. This is a plus three one. This is the Netherlands. Oh, wow. Taco Rissalada. White South Africa. Yeah. Taco. So, Taco. Taco Bell. So Taco, Taco was, um, he was in my club team. He's got into the cricket. Obviously, Netherlands were doing well, but now they lost to Afghanistan. And he's getting into rugby. And he's like, he cannot understand. I know his rugby knowledge would be limited. He's like, I don't understand why New Zealand got a red card and South Africa only got a yellow. Everyone's asking that question. Tell him I'll uh, forward on World Rugby's head contact process. <laughs> the matrix. In effect, as of the 9th of March, 2023, oh. uh, the law application guidelines. Wow. Where he can read all, what, one? So there's a lovely little flow chart in there, too. There's, there's four pages, um, including uh, one of my favorite tr- chapters, trigger words for match officials. <laughs> trigger words. Yeah. So that's you love bringing out these articles well, that's how, and these that's how they, documents. That's how they judge the game, right? And yeah. That's what the TMO has to use, or the bunker rather, the bunker which is separate to the TMO, of course. So I guess to put Taco at rest around the red and yellow card is just to say, by the we letter, don't know. By, no, by the letter of the law, you can say they got both of them right. Oh. Yeah, but I'm not. I don't want to go into. Okay. Yeah, we can't go into that. Yeah, we don't want to bore the actual uh, people listening in New Zealand and Australia who can call in on 0800-150-811. Those images in South Africa are awesome. The support they're getting is awesome. Yeah. Um, How cool is Sia Khaleesi? Like, really good rugby player. But silky smooth Now a two-time rugby World Cup winner, only um, him and Lord Richie McCaw can lay claim to that. Um, Is there a more popular guy in the Republic than him? Maybe the president, Cyril Ramaphosa, who was in the front with the, the trophy. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Try hard. But what I would say... By the way, Geordie Barrett shook his hand, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> what I would say is that if Sia Khaleesi went for, you know, presidentship, is it called presidentship? I don't know, mate. You were born there. Uh, if, he, if he went for president... I think he would get all the votes at the moment. I think he would. Like, if I was government, if I was government, I'd approach him and I'd go, listen. Even though he's got no policy. We just need the face. That's all we need because you can bring the people together, you know. Let's get him in front of the people. Let's make him president. He can have all the advisors he wants around him. He would get the votes now, I reckon. Would he get some over here? No, no, I don't think. Oh, maybe. Maybe a couple. Shame Luxon can't give him a call. But I'm with you, though. I like the other two. (laughs) I, I'm with you, Daniel, on uh, the, the thing that's impressed me the most, and I was happy for my South African friends, um, gutted for the All Blacks, but I was happy for them because I feel that as fans, they were so passionate. They almost had that Pakistan passionate fandom going on, like the, the color and everyone was just getting behind the country. You, you could feel a movement from the South Africans, and maybe it's because my phone's blowing up all the time and they're sending me all of these things. Um, but you really did feel like they're so passionate about the rugby team, whereas I think that we support the All Blacks in quite a negative way. We're like, I hope they bloody do well. But I think after the final, I feel like we, we've actually, maybe it's given us a little bit more humility as an All Blacks fan, but also it's warmed us towards the players because I think they tried so hard. They put it, left it on the, on the field. He comes across as a pretty motivational, inspirational type individual. 
you know, whether it's singing in the tunnel before yeah. he goes out. Well, have you seen him sing the national anthem? Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's really powerful. Like, you see the national anthem and you just, like, his hands on the heart and he's just giving it, he's a terrible singer. But, you know, like, he's just so passionate. Because the camera's always, like, really close to him and you can hear him and you never want the camera to be hearing you sing it, you know, the national anthem. Well, if I was captain, I'd demand the television producers used auto tune on my. <laughs> auto tune. Yeah, so I'd yeah. sound. Taylor good. Swift. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that. Hey, um, Grant, you know, and I don't want to speak for New Zealand, but my 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 feeling, my feeling is, um, New Zealand probably exceeded expectations considering what happened late twenty one into twenty twenty two, the losses mounting up, the sort of public mm. discourse that people were down on New Zealand's chances before the start of the season, and they've got through to a World Cup final and lost by one point. If you look at it in that sense, I, I think they probably overachieved you know, exceeded expectations. Not ahead of the final when 80% of all head-to-head bets in the match result were on the All Blacks. Like, mm. even the TAB couldn't believe how the New Zealand public all of a sudden had become, the All Blacks are definitely going to win this one. Mm. Um, but but I sense next year, the, the expectations on this coach as if he's some wizard do you feel like it's a bit dangerous territory? Because I always talk about expectations being dangerous. I think they're really wildly high. And I'm sorry, teams are generally the players. You know, good coaches generally have really good players. Do you, do you know what I mean? This is a clumsy way of saying it. But yeah, but I think it's, di- it's different to diff- in different codes. Because I was speaking to someone about this the other day, and we were talking rugby and cricket. So rugby, generally, you have an on-field captain. Cricket the captain is kind of like the coach almost. Captain and cricket is far more important. Well, they have a lot of um, responsibilities off the field and then on the field. Strategy, selections, they, they, they get given everything. Especially on the field. And the coach is almost the manager of the support staff and he acts as an advisor to the cricket captain. Whereas rugby captain is kind of culture and on field, really. That's it. Whereas strategy is just all about the coach. It's like, this is your role, you do that. So and and football's the same. You get your football managers. So I think you know the different codes require yeah different way of thinking. Whereas I I quite like the cricket model because I think that you have to empower players to yeah. think for themselves because that's when you get natural flair and you get players taking risks. There's not an autocratic way and an organised way or instructional way of going about things. If you're instructional, it um, stunts that risk and that flair. And I think that if you empower players to play the way that they want to play within their role, then I think that you get more of a natural flair of the game. South Africa, yeah, I'd, I'd say that culturally you probably would be quite organized, and that can work with certain groups. But some groups, when they're a little bit older, a little bit more mature, um, and they've got experience, you almost have to let them play and yeah. let them run the team. But as far as the expectations of the All Blacks fan base next year, what would you say? Take a deep breath. Like, Let's just enjoy our rugby. Like, let's not sit there with our arms, like, you know, crossed and be like, oh, you know, there he goes again. Be like Cambridge rugby fans. Yeah, like, just enjoy it. It's like, it's, it's an event. It's a festival. It's like we're, we're the best rugby team in the world historically. Historically, we've got the best record. Let's embrace our players. Let's embrace the fans. Let's not just sing all blacks. All blacks. Well, now, now you're asking too much. Like, Let's actually really get into it. Have a little bit of flair, a bit of colour. 
We brace our players. Geordie Barrett, Mr. Kick, so what? Still love him. Gave it everything. Jeez, he got smashed by Steph Dutoy a number of times in that game, and he kept getting up and kept giving it his all. And I was just like... So be like, be like basketball crowds in New Zealand. Enjoy it. Be like cricket crowds who enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I, we're going to see the Phoenix play this afternoon. Mm. Their fans enjoy it. Yeah, they do. Go, go, and, enjoy, go and enjoy sport and rugby. Because fun. Cause your kids are going to watch you. Back. Your kids are going to watch you, and they're going to mirror you in the way that you watch that game. And far too often I hear rugby fans... Just moaning yeah, about like referee crowd. decisions and all I that. Every, and I didn't get didn't get up there this year. Man, I watched those crowd. I couldn't take my eyes off the crowds. Mm. Yeah, like man, they're having so much fun. That's fantastic. And the Warriors fans are probably the most beaten up fans <laughs> than anyone. But like, look at the movement they had. They they actually had a movement similar to how I felt South Africa uh, had a movement in this uh, rugby World Cup. And the French, I think the French had a massive movement as well. You were over there. You felt it. I did. Felt that passion and that love for their team. 20 minutes away from 11. We're happy to take your calls. 0800 Got to get to a break, though. So stay with us. Back with more shortly. 16 minutes away from 11 o'clock. Our number's 0800 Feel free to use it at any stage. You can text us on the Temper and Bear Post text machine, double eight double three. Uh, guys, the World Cup has always been won by the team with the best captain. Uh, let's get to another text. Guys, everyone's wanting, everyone wanted Razor, especially the Cantabs, because they think he will be the Messiah. Will he be? Well, he better win every game or expect the same treatment as Foster got. <sighs> yeah, I guess that's the point I was trying to make. Because like expectations are really high. I, I, that is exactly why I said to Dean. I said, Dean, I want to document this. You're happy with yeah. Razor, and you're like, yep, he's happy. Well, he said anyone, but he, and then I think you said, oh, or did he say Grant? Even you could coach them. No, I did. Oh, you did. Which was, but. Clearly, clearly, I, I was being flippant and trying to enter. That's why I want people to lock it in and go, yeah, we're happy. Okay, well, let's see how it goes because he's yeah, inheriting he, a team that's a li- little bit, uh, you know. Lots I'm, of players are moving on. Yeah. Yep. It's a new team. Can I use a line from Nick Mills, Basketball World? <laughs> you want to make chicken salad, you need the chicken. Mm. That, that, that's de- decoding for you need good players to win games. Yeah. Uh, Ken writes, if, we're go- if we weren't going to win it, I am glad South Africa did. They deserve it and what it does for the country is amazing. They did deserve it. They had such a hard road in comparison to New Zealand. Um, you know, they played, mm. you know, most of the teams inside the top six. Um, so well done to them. Absolutely. Um, certainly going better than um, Everton. Although Everton, signs of life. Uh, there's lots of lots of content I want to cram in in our first show back in a while. Maybe we'll leave. Oh. Maybe we'll leave this for another week. Especially, I'd love to talk to Manchester United fans in the next week or two. My lord, what is happening to to that football club? Um, uh, but Grant, um, you talked about the ride of the, the Warriors uh, fans and how awesome it was to see. Um, they had quite a ride yesterday alone with one of their best players, apparently, starting mm. the day wanting to leave, even though he had three years left on his deal. And by the end of the day, it sounded like the, the, the Warriors had uh, kept uh, Adam Fanua Blake for at least one more year. Uh, it's really, really interesting story. Only three years. Sensational form in 2023 for the Warriors. Um, I, I said on Smithy's show yesterday, he has a history of this. The, the, it's what goes around, comes around, kind of, because that's how the Warriors landed him in the first place when he wanted a release from uh, Manly. But the Warriors have committed to him twice. They signed him initially, then extended his deal. So they've done mm. all they can. So he wanted out, but it sounds like he wants to stay. How do you feel about the notion of e- any sporting environment, and not just this one, we're not just talking solely this, but the idea of making someone stay when... Clearly, they might want to leave. Yeah, so you said he wants to leave, but 
the uh, the team wants him to stay because yeah, I think you said he wants to stay. Sounds like so, they yeah. want him to stay for another year. Yeah, yeah, <sighs> and that uh, makes sense because they're built for another tilt at it next year. See, I I know that um, Kevin Peterson <laughs> did that in county cricket, where Nottingham uh, heard that he was off to Hampshire and he was still there for another couple of months, and the captain Jason Gallion threw his kit off the off the top of the uh, dressing that room. Seems quite mature. Yeah. It's like, well, if you don't want to be in the team, then you can just, you know, go and dress over there. But I I don't understand it really because I think, like, I look at it from a work context. If someone comes to me and goes, hey, I've got this opportunity and, I'll, you know, I'd like to go somewhere else, you'd go, with your blessing. You'd go, great. You know, you don't want to keep... Oh, would you some... pack my bag and ask me to go today? Yeah. Or would you trust me to be a professional to see out and do my role. No, I don't. Move on. There's a reason why you're moving. So I think that that reason still stays there, right? Um, you know, be it financial, be it, you know, geographical, family, whatever. There's so many, you know, different reasons. So what what would change his mind for him to stay? So I would hate to keep someone there that doesn't want to be there. I think you need to, to move on, find another player, because then it's not just about this season. It's about the next yeah. season, and it's about progression, succession. I, I really understand this perspective, but I think we, we make it a little bit reductive, like one rule for all. Mm. Surely it's about the individual circumstances. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what those circumstances yeah, can I talk are. I football, and I use this example. Harry yes. Kane's wanted to move from Spurs for the last couple of years. Mm. He wanted to move on. They didn't. And you know what? He went out and was an amazing professional. Selling but lots of his shirts. You can't. <laughs> you know, if he downs tools next year, be a criticism. But what if he goes out and has a blinder of a year? Because, what, he's kind of in a free agent year. Yeah, I guess. He can be motivated. I, I, I can understand. Both sides. Yeah, I, I, I totally. just don't like the rule, oh, no, you want to weigh, let them go. Let them mm. go. And you're not alone in thinking that. Um, it's big part of the narrative I've heard in the last 24 hours. But really, really fascinating story, isn't it? Yeah. Because they can't, they just can't replace him. Um, they can't replace him. He was that good. Mm. Of course, I'm I'm talking about he's going to play next year like he did this year. And he, of course, there's no guarantee on that front. See, it's been a really interesting week. Um, uh, we will take a short break. It's 10 away from 11. It is five and a half minutes away from 11 o'clock. Thank you for all your calls and text messages this hour. Let's get to the last one. Hi, guys. Grant, you usually talk sense, but your diatribe about the ref, if you're unaware of what diatribe uh, means, Grant. I do. It means a forceful or bitter verbal attack uh, against something or something. You you verbally attack something. Um, Grant usually talks sense, but your diatribe about the refs in the South African AB games is not considered the ref made some poor decisions independent of the TA, T, TMO and did not ask the TMO. I am referring to the la, to the last penalty when Barnes admitted to RD and we all could hear that he got it wrong and this was costly for the AB's regard, Steve. Well, Steve, no one likes to correct. I love them. <coughs> You're wrong because it is the penalty in the first half to go up. 12 points to 3. And he did not apologise. He explained his decision. He said, sorry, I didn't see the replay. Full stop. Sorry, mate. I thought he stayed on him. I didn't see him come off enough. He's explaining his decision. He didn't apologise. That is a diatribe. But thanks, Steve. Thanks. Appreciate it. And Grant's so lovely, isn't he? Well, we shouldn't have knocked balls on and we should have got balls over the post. Don't be stupid, Grant. Okay, yeah. 
Let's blame Wayne Barnes. Uh, don't, look, let's not be introspective. I just don't want our children to hear that. I think it's a loser's mentality. I want us to hear that we could have done better. Yeah, Artie Sabaya just feeling as though the player Sorry, man, was I on didn't the deck, see the, the ball was exposed. Um, I thought you stayed on him. I didn't see it come off enough. Yeah. Sounds like uh, we're on now. An explanation okay. rather than an apology. Yeah. It's a good clip, though. Well, because Grant, Grant did say to me, Steve, off here, that you better get that right, mate, or you owe Steve an apology. <clears throat> yeah. I'll stand by that. I think it's an explanation. I don't I don't feel like I need to. You know, like, I'm happy for our listeners to have a little bit of niggle. It's good. Yeah, I know. We need some niggle. You need yeah, but I, I contrast. Yeah. Someone comes at you. You mate. did. I, and I appreciate that. Someone's come in and just smashed me off the ruck, and you've come into the next ruck and just absolutely <laughs> uppercutted them. I love that. I love that about you. Oh, when the chips are down, then you really are there for me. What is wrong with us, man? We like each other. Yeah. I don't know. This is what time apart does. That's <laughs> what weeks. they say. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. All right. Let's get to headlines at the top of the hour. Welcome into our number two. Graham Lowe, later this hour. Can't wait to catch up with the former Kiwis coach, rugby league legend, to look at the kangaroos up against the Kiwis. Um, our swinging both ways, um, look at the Cricket World Cup, um, will also feature this hour and will dig very deep into New Zealand up against Pakistan in a very crucial game after 12 o'clock when we catch up uh, with a very knowledgeable Pakistan cricket commentator and former Pakistan Women's Internationals, Aruj Mumtaz, is going to join us. We stayed up late last night to track it down in Pakistan. We'll play that interview for you about quarter past 12. That is still to come. Hey, the Breakers, good win last night in the Aussie MBL, overcoming the Taipans from where, Grant? Where are the Taipans from? Uh, Tasmania. Yeah, close. Just the other side, end of the country, Cairns. Uh, 9181 uh, was the score. Um, <laughs> Doesn't matter, they're the Taipans. Uh, that type of bloke. Uh, Anthony Lamb led the Breakers with 19 points on the night. Lammy. Uh, Afghanistan, seven wicket victory over Zadarch at the Cricket World Cup, keeping their semi final hopes alive comfortably, chasing down the 180 they needed for victory uh, with, well, 18 overs to spare. What is it with lopsided World Cup games in 2023? We'll get Grant's thoughts on that. Uh, staying with cricket, English Test captain Ben Stokes says he will undergo surgery after the one-day International Cricket World Cup to address an ongoing knee problem. The 32-year-old knee has been a long-term issue uh, with the all-rounder unable to bowl and playing only as a batsman in India. They return from India for a five-test series. Return to India, rather, for a five-test series starting January 25th, but Stokes is hoping he will be fit for that. And in one of the most disturbing, troubling stories during the week, Grant, have you heard the story about uh, Luis Diaz, the Liverpool winger? I thought we were going to go to the Golden Shears again. No. No. That wouldn't be technically news, considering it happened in June. <laughs> the fact that you've cottoned on to the fact yeah. doesn't make it news for the rest of the world. Do you understand news values? Yeah. News cycle. I do. Yeah. Now I do. Media see that type of thing. Excellent. Well, Lewis Diaz, fine uh, player for Liverpool and Columbia. His parents were kidnapped oh. during the week. The mother um, was uh, recovered. Uh, they're still desperately trying to find the father. There's some suggestion that the kidnappers trying to get him out of the country. Well, Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp... Um, Says he's just going to um, allow Luis Diaz to make the decision whether he is able to play this weekend following his father's kidnapping in Colombia. Um, 
Klopp has confirmed he's returned to training as the uh, Reds prepare to take on Luton this weekend. Um, Luis Manuel Diaz, his father and wife, was seized at gunpoint on Sunday our time, Sunday morning. Um, Diaz's mother, as I say, was uh, found, but his father uh, remains missing. Klopp says, uh, we will wait to see how he is and go from there. We will not force the situation. It's out of our hands. If, if he feels right, he will try with us. When he's with the boys, he's fine, but you can tell he hasn't slept a lot. Uh, oh. Jurgen Klopp also said after last weekend's game, because that's it broke before that, that it was you know the hardest game he's ever had to prepare for. Like, seriously, how do you prepare for that? Well, that's well, what I said sorry, earlier. Sorry, it's Gaffer, just a my game. parents have been kidnapped. Yeah. Hey, what's wrong with you? Pick yourself up. Oh, no, my parents just got kidnapped. So I sat next to Mohammed Nabi, who was the captain of Afghanistan, and I was playing with him... Um, for the in the Caribbean League, and he was sitting next to me, and he, he was going through his phone. He said, "Let me show you the guns I own." And he what? Yeah, well, they, they, uh, he owned a lot of guns, and he showed me, and he went through about eight different sort of versions of what looked like AK-47s. I was like, "Why do you have so many guns?" He said, "Oh, my father was kidnapped." So his father was kidnapped because they thought, because he was a cricketer and he was the international captain, that he would have had a lot of US dollars. He probably does now. But, um, yeah, at the time, and they, they did recover him. But, I mean, you know, different parts of the world. I mean, wow. I mean, how do you, as a coach, you're not expecting that player to turn up. You're just going, mate, you do what you need to do. Just go and fly back home, whatever. Football does not matter. Like, it is literally only a game, only a sport. We need to lighten up a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it's so serious. Puts us to me, immediately everything into context, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, perspective. Gives you massive perspective on what's happening in your life, which is why we said the theme for today is enjoy your sport. Show your kids how much you love sport. I watched my little eight-year-old running around in sideways rain playing touch rugby oh, how and was flats it? the other day. I think, did I show you, I showed you the video, didn't I? No, no, you didn't. You didn't oh, I told video. you about I, it. I spoke to you after it. Yeah, you, when I came home wet. You gave me a great mental image of you getting changed while we are on the telephone together. Yeah, but the kids were great. They were laughing and they were running and they were getting smashed. I the... love playing in the rain. Did you? Kid? Oh, you could slide in to yeah. score a try. Shame was I, I never got the opportunity to slide in and score the try because I've never scored many tries. Yeah, they, they tried their best. That's all you want. I said, just effort. I said, well done, buddy. You lost 9-0. All it was was effort. Yeah. You never gave up. That's it. I, I, Have fun. I've got the, the four-year-old boy who's absolutely obsessed with winning everything and turning everything into a race. <laughs> like get into the car, get into the dinner table. <laughs> and he's going through that sulking when he loses. Oh. You know, the, the one in 20 times his two-year-old sister actually beats him to anything. <laughs> Sad sack. So I'm yeah. just trying to tell him, it's okay to lose. Did you give it your best? That's all that matters. Yeah. That is that line is not washing, Grant, with the four-year-old. Leave gr- absolutely not working. Lose gracefully. Mm, Lose gracefully. Brow. Yeah, <laughs> the wild emotional swing is almost like his father when it comes to sports fandom. Oh, the, what a shock horror! Okay, well, I'm not telling you how to parent. I'm telling our listeners how to parent. <laughs> but one of the things I learned was don't praise the outcome. You know, um, praise the effort. Oh, pro- process. Pra- no, praise the effort. So it's like, well done. Like that's. You tried so hard, as opposed to you won. Because then, when they don't win, they're upset. So that's what I heard. Growth I'm on mindset. the right path. You're on the right path. I'm You'll the get right there, path. and it's just that age. It's that age, I reckon. Should we start a parenting section after this little podcast? No. <laughs> Send your questions in. No. I'd, I'd, I'd somehow think our listeners who tune in aren't coming for our hot takes on parenting. 
They're coming for a hot tips, though, at the end of the show. Our sporting tips you should probably run a mile from will feature a little bit later. Give you a lay of the land. What's coming up? Uh, Graham Lowe later this hour. Very shortly, we will uh, get into Cricket World Cup analysis mode, swinging both ways. Uh, we're also going to look, we'll look broadly at the tournament in the next session. Um, after 12 o'clock, we're going to look very broadly, or not, not broadly, we'll dig very deep into a hugely important match for the Black Caps. Massive, massive game against Pakistan. Massive game for both nations, of course. A very uh, proud Pakistan cricket fan and cricket commentator, Rouj Muntaz, will be our feature guest after 12 o'clock. Stay with us. Keep your messages rolling in. Double eight, double three. We absolutely love your contribution to the program. Double eight, double three. A temporary bed post out text machine. Um, hey, you might want to give us some sort of ideas. Um, your, your positive ray of light as far as sporting tips that uh, you know Grant and I should consider. With the sporting mm. tips, you should probably run a mile from it. If you've got something good, you're confident about, uh, let us know, Double eight, double three. We will take a short break, uh, and then it'll be swinging both ways. Our look at the Cricket World Cup is up next. The Saturday Session Cricket Update. Thanks to Razine for expert paint and colour advice. Welcome into another edition of our little cricketing segments with our dear friends at Razine for expert paint and colour advice. Seek out Razine. Um, you can comment on double eight double three. We are going to comment on the Cricket World Cup. This segment, lovingly, affectionately known as "Swinging Both Ways" with former Black Cap Mr. Grant Elliott and myself, Daniel McCarty. It has been a couple of weeks due to our hiatus due, due to the Rugby World Cup grant, so we've got a lot to get through. I think at the top, let's just remind people where we are at. We're about three quarters of the way through. Good idea. Seven wins from seven for India. South Africa, six from seven. Australia in third position, four points behind the Proteas. New Zealand currently holding on to the fourth and final semi-final position, but only on net run rate as it stands, because last night, overnight, Afghanistan beat the Netherlands to join them on eight competition points. Pakistan still in the mix. Pakistan take on New Zealand next. Pakistan have won three of seven games, while Sri Lanka on four, the Netherlands on four, Bangladesh on two, and England on two, likely out of the mix. All right, headline. What would be the major theme of this World Cup in broad brush strokes over, over the course of the last few weeks, Grant? What has stood out to you? I think like the main thing that stood up to me is, you know, England, you know, they I had them in the top four. Uh, I had them as a team that I thought, you know, they're going to play an aggressive brand. They've got a lot of experience in England. They've come off the back of their test matches. They're running high. Uh, they, they play with it, a lot apparently. of confidence. And also, you know, flat tracks. I thought, wow, these guys are going to be dangerous. They've been awful. So that's created this backlog of sort of positions three through to five where now we're, we're struggling or three to six even sorry because Pakistan is still in with a chance you've got to say that Afghanistan do have a chance so you know they said at the start of the competition six wins gets you through that would mean that we'd have to win our last two but I think five wins might just be enough so that means we have to win one of Pakistan or Sri Lanka Sri Lanka have been poor um, I think that that's another thing around this World Cup is how, you know, the, the gulf between victories. It's been large uh, victories. alarming, Grant. The last tight game was last Saturday, New Zealand and Australia. 
uh, five runs in that game. Since that, Netherlands win by 87 runs over Bangladesh. India win by 100 runs over England. Afghanistan win by seven wickets. Pakistan by seven wickets. South Africa by 190 runs. India by 302 runs. And Afghanistan win comfortably last night. Why? Why? I, I think it's, Can you explain it? I think it's big scores. It's the same with T20 cricket. When you're looking at a total of 200, let's say, in a T20 game, you know that you're going to have to go. You really have to be aggressive. And if you start losing wickets, you start losing your way. I think Sri Lanka, correct me if I'm wrong, and listeners, I know you will, but I think that they were 28 for, 26 for 8 or something. And I'll look at I'll look 29 for eight. 29 for eight. Chasing 300 plus. <laughs> so, like, I mean, seriously, you just walk off. It you. doesn't like, happen like that. Me. One of my WhatsApp groups does have a Sri Lankan supporter, and all he did was post their local beer. I think he was saying that, like, we're going to have to drink ourselves out of this. And don't drink responsibly, obviously. Um, but, you know, like, besides that, you, you, you suddenly lose three wickets and you're chasing over 350. You've got no choice but to still be aggressive while you're rebuilding, and it's such a difficult stage to be in. And the wickets can change a little bit in India. I think that against South Africa, I think it was a poor decision for us to um, to bowl first. I think we should have batted first. South Africa tend to bat first, get big uh, um, totals, and then they knock you over with their bowling, and it's disciplined. But South Africa have probably emerged as someone who, and I said at the start of the tournament, it's probably to their benefit that they're going under the radar. And they're not under the radar now. They're sitting second on the table, playing India next. So they could actually go top of the table. Do we want that? Do we want to play, if we end up fourth, do we want to play India in the semis or do we want to play South Africa? I think it doesn't really matter. Um, it does. You want to play South Africa. Well, yeah, you don't want to play. I, I, I don't gonna... know if you've heard. They, they have a bit of a check at history, Grant. I don't know if you've ever experienced playing South Africa in a knockout game. But they get a little bit tense. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, A lot of people uh, during the Rugby World Cup said this is a New Island side. Mm. Um, but they couldn't escape their quarterfinal history. Yeah, South Africa have a history. You want to play them in a semi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. And I think, you know, when you look at these teams, and you've, we felt it in 2015, is it just means so much. It's like, you know, the Irish uh, rugby team. I think we, we spoke about that just prior. We said, you know, it's the ghosts. You actually summoned the ghosts of the quarterfinals. You're welcome. And the listeners haven't thanked you yet, which I've been surprised and shocked at during this morning. I thought that at least someone would have said, hey. That was the last time we were on you. here. You're right. Thank you, Daniel, for summoning the ghosts because there wasn't a lot oh, don't of... Don't worry. I've got it prepared for South Africa too. <laughs> I've got them prepared for South Africa at this tournament, too. Good, because yeah. I think we need to. But um, we're, I feel confident. I feel confident because I'm hoping that Pakistan is not going to turn up. It's, we're going to find the other Pakistan. The only thing that doesn't make me confident is we took Kane Williamson to the World Cup with a ACL, and he wasn't like quite ready. He played his first sort of warm-up game, and he scored runs. He did well, but he was ginger, didn't play a couple of games. We took Tim Southey at a broken pump. Then he played in a massive slice of bad luck. Yeah, that was really bad luck. And I was told he was going to be ready for the South African game, thumb-wise. So let's see what happens. But but they also took Tim Southey. That, yeah, they did. So Adam Milne's sitting at home. Now we've got Jimmy Neesham who's he's, nursing a bruise. He's still sitting at home, Adam Milne. Still. He's not over there. He's in, he's in Wellington. So Jimmy Neesham's nursing a bruise right wrist. Lockie Ferguson had a scan on his right Achilles, which revealed no significant damage. 
and um, that was before the Pakistan game. But then Mark Chapman, his calf, Kane Williamson, thumb were not considered um, for the game against South Africa. And then Matt Henry's going home, and Carl Jamieson comes in for Matt Henry. Big loss, Matt Henry. So, like, for me, I'm not too worried about a batting. I'm worried about a bowling. I'm worried about having 10 players. Yeah, well, and Danny Morrison is sure, over there. I'm not sure if people listening um, understand that. You need 11. You need 11. Um, before you go, you carry on with your thought, why did they go Jamieson? He was what? over there. He was already, it was decided that Carl yeah. Jamieson was traveling with the squad and traveling around. You're not allowed to be at the same hotel, but they kind of just He was the, already over there. Yeah, he was already over I there. he was coming from Christchurch. Yeah. Oh, I know. What do I know? Because you've already got a new ball bowler in Tim Southey there to bowl with the new ball with Trent Bolt. You don't have a replacement for Lockie, Ferguson. Which is Milne pace. Is, and Milne is that. Yeah. Well, I, I always thought that Milne was going to be the one that, you know, I would love to see in the squad because then I was waiting for the day where we played Milne and Ferguson. And we just went with pace. You like gas. Oh, yeah, we'll bring a gas. No one wants to face that. But then Ferguson was out of touch um, or form before the tournament and got form and then got injured again with his calf. So I think injuries have really stunted our consistency. And I've always said it to you, Daniel, and I've said it to the listeners as well. I've said, if you want to be consistent, you have to pick a consistent team. And there's only like one position that you rotate out. It's like, do we play the extra spinner or do we play the you know, batting all, all-rounder? That's all seam. Um, and it's always that position, you know, at seven or eight. And Which is uh, kind of what they've been doing yeah, with, been, with everyone fit. Yeah, I think it's just been our bowling combinations. They've changed the whole tournament because of injuries. But they seem set in their ways as to they want to chase. Mm. You think that result against South Africa, they need to change their thinking on that? I think it's the surface. It's the, you know, just the conditions on the day. Good team should be much. able to do both. But, you know, trying to chase down 388, that surprised me. Like, I was really proud of the team for doing that because I always thought that we're a team of test batters more so than, you know, really aggressive players. So to play uh, Australia and Dharmashala and them to score 388, I thought, well, anything over 300 we struggle with a bit. We're more of a 270, 280 team. To get within five runs of that, incredible. And Rachan Ravindra will be kicking himself because you'll think, oh, I should have got 140. Daryl Mitchell will be kicking himself. He got out for 50. He would be thinking, I should have got 80. And they would have got over the line quite easily. So, you know, we've played really good cricket in this World Cup, but I don't want it to be like the nearly runs, you know. And this is a big game. This is a really big game. Fascinating to see if Kane Williamson actually comes into the fold. Fascinating to see what our bowling stocks look like um because yeah i mean you know at the start of this tournament i was like top four top four all right uh anything else you want to touch on about new zealand um no i'm 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 a little bit a little bit nervous about tonight just because a little bit nervous just because pakistan not like me the emotional runaway train who thought we were the greatest cricketing team of all time after four games after a soft draw no. And a hiding of the former world champs, including in that. And then all doom and gloom. No, 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 no. You're telling us all, be somewhere in the middle. So it'll be a great game to watch, put it that way. It'll be a great game to watch. And even if we don't fall on the right side of the result here, it still gives us a, a little chance, I reckon. So it not all is, is lost, uh, but, 
you know, I think that this takes momentum through to the semis, to be honest. I think that this is a confidence booster. We played our last game against South Africa, which is our worst game of the tournament. And we need to dust ourselves off and we need to move on now and find form going and form and confidence going into the semis. Okay, this is swinging both ways. Our look at the realm of cricket with that Razine. Uh, time to paint, get a quality finish with Razine Paints, decorating Kiwis' home since 1946. All right, let's get off New Zealand. Is everyone playing for second? Oh, oh yeah. India just. We've uh, we said that from the start. Amazing, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they've got the fans, they've got the conditions, they've got a well-balanced team, they've got Jasper Boomer back. They've got Shubman Gill, who no one talks about. And they've got... Wow, that's know, probably a little bit inflated. But, you know, Sharma and Coley get most of the love in camera time. They do. But but, that, but you, you, you've got a bit of a hot take about Shubman Gill. Well, I'd say he's the best player in the world at the moment. Could you repeat what I've that? Seen. He's the best player in the world. Best batter in the world. And we're going to see this guy, as long as he plays for the next decade, we are going to see him scoring some serious runs. I met Shubman Gill for the first time when he was going to make his test debut in Hamilton. And I thought, oh, let me go and have a chat with him and see how he's going. And I sat down and I was like, nice to meet you, had a little chat, and I felt like I was speaking to someone in his mid-30s, almost 40s, just like calm, clear. Um, he he didn't have any, you know, he had confidence. Just he had that aura of just I'm going to go out there and make it happen. And, you know, Rachin Ravindra has that same kind of aura when you speak to him. I know that you've interviewed him a few times, speaks well, but he's got that confidence. And you can see it in their eyes. There's something that you can see in an athlete's eyes where you go, there's something about this player. And then I witnessed his double hundred um, in, in India. I think it was in Hyderabad. One day game. We, a one day game. And it was like he was on a different universe compared to everyone else out there. Yeah, he's two, number two in the world on the yeah. world rankings right now and uh, sort of flies under the radar, especially, say, here in New Zealand. We, we tend to you know, give a lot of love to, to Sharma and Coley, who are amazing players in their own right. Hey, um, on, on the Indian team as well, just before you carry on, bowling um, so sorry, is, is, I, I just want to say your senior players lead the team in these, these world tournaments. Nothing's different from the Rugby World, world Cup as well. And you look at the senior players and you look at Virat Kohli and Rohit Sharma, they're in the top five run scorers, all both over four, 400 runs. So that's a positive sign when you what look at that. What about Boomer's record at this tournament? 15 wickets in seven games. But how's the economy rate? It's like it's out of the 1974 World Cup. Gavin Larson He's giving, is. He's giving away 3.72 runs and over. Yeah, no, it's it. <laughs> Averaging 14 with the ball. Incredible stuff. Um, other bowlers have, have done a great job. Uh, Janssen, the, the giant, left-arm quick from South Africa. Janssen. Uh, Shaheen Shahid Afridi, another giant left-arm quick, is swinging the ball. Adam Zampa's had a great tournament for Australia. Um, he's on 16 wickets, I think, just behind, uh, second on that list. But Quinton de Kock, wow, 400s at a tournament. I don't know if that's a record. Uh, I know Sharma has the record overall with seven total World Cup hundreds, but four in a tournament. My understanding with uh, Quinton de Kock is he's retiring after this tournament. So, and I'll, I'll check that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's retiring. Only 30? Yeah. Well, he's had enough. <laughs> he's well, he's been to a few IPLs. Bowlers have had enough of him. Yeah, well, I think it's he's retiring probably from international cricket. I know that it's well documented from yep. him that he hates training. He hates training for cricket. He just likes to go out there and play matches. Yep. But sometimes when you're retiring, you go, oh, well, this is my last dance. You know, I've got 
10 games to make it happen, to win a last World Cup. And I think that's why Tim Southey and Kane Williamson are on this World Cup, they're in this World Cup squad, is because they probably know it's their last World Cup. It's their last chance at winning a final, potentially. Because Kane's 32, Tim's probably the same. Might fit one more in, maybe, but this could potentially be their last World Cup, their last shot at it. Interesting thoughts. All right, Grant, let's play the crystal ball game. Oh. Who makes the final four? Australia, South Africa, India are in. More likelihood. I, yeah. I, I know there is a part. I'm going to say, I'm going to say New Zealand. Yep. Yep. And, um, they might not be Pakistan, but if they don't beat Sri Lanka, they don't deserve to be in a World Cup. No. No, we don't. Sri Lanka look poor. No. I mean, I think the ICC would love Pakistan to be in that semi-final and have an India-Pakistan semi-final or final. There's a part of me would love to see Yeah, no, I'd, I wouldn't mind seeing Yeah, that. yeah, and hopefully there's a little bit more of a contest than we saw in the group stage game. Yeah. yeah. But I think I think it will be New Zealand. I'm confident with New Zealand. I just think that we've got a lot of players that are in form. I'm worried about our bowling combinations. But outside of that, I think yep. that this might just be one pressure game too many for Pakistan that they just can't get over. They're going to need an exceptional uh, performance from one of their senior players, Pakistan. That is a Babarazm. That's a, um, a Ralph, Harris Ralph or Shane Shah Afridi. But I would stay up for this game and I am going to stay up for this yes. game uh, to watch the first 10 overs and then I'll see how tired I am because I hate waking up and looking at that result and going, oh, I wonder what happened. Yeah, and, and I'll spend the, my night being the emotional sports fan that I am thinking about times Pakistan have snuck in the back door to make a semi-final at a cricket world. Oh, no. New Zealand and start scrapping Zamam at the top of my lungs. Yeah, Pakistan, interesting side. They won their opening two games, then lost four in a row before bouncing back with a really impressive display against Bangladesh. Uh, New Zealand, similar. Uh, four wins, then three straight losses. Uh, so um, can they break the streak? That game later today, 6 o'clock. We'll talk more about that game. New Zealand and Pakistan have a good long look at Pakistan uh, with leading Pakistani cricket commentator and former international. Uh, can't wait to catch up with uh, Ruj Mumtaz after 12 o'clock. But that wraps up uh, this edition of Swinging Both Ways with Razine. Uh, time to paint. Get a quality finish with Razine Paints, decorating Kiwi homes since 1946. We'll take a short break. Um, and also joining us later this hour, uh, Graham Lowe. So stay with us. Back with more shortly. Sometimes I feel like I just want to get away from it all Disappear, go somewhere to clear my mind If I, if I had my way, I'd pack my bags and leave today Take a plane and escape to some place where summer never ends Where there's blue skies and sunshine and summer never ends Move your hips like this, girl. That's how you do it Blue skies and shiny sun. What? What is she even singing about? Shiny rays. She's not singing that. I don't know. Sure. Do you know I had the worst experience? What like, do you sing? Yeah, that is, it is worse than that. Okay, massive anxiety. There's things that trigger you in life. Uh-huh. There's a couple. One is a quiz. Like you know, like well, you don't like a quiz. Let's sit down for a work quiz. I'm always like. <laughs> Oh, Can we what? do a work quiz on the show next week? Well, we should. We Write should. that down. We should do one. But like doing a work quiz and then I'm like, oh, it's just, I'm not going to know like eight or nine of these. If I get one out of ten, I'll be like really stoked. Oh my God, they're, they're going to find out I'm not actually Superman. 
but, but they'll look at she, me with know. questions like, who's the female cricketer that played uh, a right. dual international? And they go, Grant, you should know this yeah, one. Well, and I'm like, probably should. anxious. But uh, I went hey, to... Super, I'm not sure if Superman has good general knowledge. He wouldn't. I don't know which superhero would be best in a pub quiz. It's a really interesting question. Double eight, double three. So I went to this pub quiz, and the first section was lyrics of songs. Like, finish the lyrics of songs. And how did you go? No, it was terrible. That was terrible because I make them up anyway. So that was my worst nightmare. I was sitting there, massive anxiety, and I was just throwing out words to the table. And they were looking at me going, oh, yeah, that sounds good. It is okay to say the following words, Grant. I don't know. I don't know. I I do not know. I had no idea. Uh, Steve comes in with some incredibly sage advice. To Grant, the great coach Al Bundy once said, it's okay to be a loser, but it's it's not okay to be a quitter. Thank you, Steve. I like that, Steve. Powerful stuff. Moose. Ooh, doomsday moose. Grant and Daniel. Oh, there's points off. Got most around the wrong way, haven't you? Moose. <laughs> Grant and Daniel, we lose to Pakistan. End of story. Moose. Moose. Moose is coming. Come on, on moose. Moose, you technically enter the uh, mathematical chance category. Yeah, because even if we do lose to Pakistan, we have to beat Sri Lanka and it'll come down to potentially run rate. Our run rate's good. Depending on other results. And Sri Lanka, gee, they must be... I don't even know if they'll turn up after the last well, if, game. Yeah, if you're losing my 300 runs. If we, I'll say it again. I've said it a few times now. If we don't beat Sri Lanka, we don't deserve yeah. to be in a semi-final. 100%. boys, um, is it just NZ who've had a bad run of injuries? Mm. It seems that the game is now asking physically more of the players. Maybe the tournament squads need to be enlarged. Peter Mick. Mm. Question. Peter McLashen, maybe. Um, Thinking man's cricketer. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that the squads need to be bigger. I, I like it at 15 because it encourages you to not nurse injuries. Players can't get... You have to be very precise with your combinations. And the makeup of your team. I like it. Great thoughts. Double eight, double three. Keep them rolling in. We cannot wait to welcome in Graham Lowe, legend of New Zealand Rugby League, to look at the Kiwis and the Kangaroos. He is joining us after this. Now 18 minutes away from 12 o'clock and a big feature here on SENZ later this afternoon is live International Rugby League. It is the Kiwis up against the Kangaroos. It is a final grant, a title decider. Uh, We uh, welcome in absolute legend of New Zealand Rugby League, uh, joining the program. We're utterly thrilled to welcome him to this show for the very first time. We can't wait to learn a whole heap. Sir Graham Lowe joins us. Sir Graham, welcome to the show. Welcome, Sir Graham. Oh, thank you very much for having me on. It's our, our, our pleasure. Um, hopefully we got the title right. I know you don't care. You'll answer to a whistle from time to time. I, I do remember you once, uh, you know, once saying in an interview. Uh, but we feel uh, we feel really honoured to have uh, you uh, with us. The Kiwis and Kangaroos. What does it mean to you personally, considering you've had you know you know you've had such a, a big part uh, to play um, in you know in the story between these two nations. For, for me, really, it started a long, long time ago um, growing up as a kid. Look, I'm 77 years old now, and I've been rugby league since I was five years old. And and so from when I was five through to, you know, in my early 20s and even like a teenager, um, you, you always supported the Kiwis. You watched the Kiwis. You wanted to be a Kiwi. And at that stage, it was very obvious how dominant... Um, Australia was at that particular time mainly because of the competition they had over there in Sydney and in Brisbane 
and um, it, it, we, we had a strong competition in some areas of New Zealand here, but Australia was what we looked at. And putting that to one side, the All Blacks were so dominant against everybody yes. they played. And, and really, when you were like, you were really socially disadvantaged back in those early days. If you were a rugby league person at school in particular, and when you first left school, you were you were socially disadvantaged without any doubt about it, without any doubt. So, you know, we, we maybe grew up with a chip on our shoulder, I'm not sure. But the All Blacks mm. were so successful with, with what they were doing. And it always seemed to me um, that, the, that, that the Kiwis had to play in a harder competition than what the rugby union did. That's how it seemed to me as a kid. Yeah. And, and so, and Australia started taking that special, special sort of part in, in my thinking, I think. And when I first... When I first coached Otahu, eighth grade, back in 1973, I coached eighth grade in a couple of years, third grade, reserve grade, and then premiers. And I, I remember right back to the third grade year in 1974, I had an electrical business in Otahu, and I used to get, my team used to come around after school and after work, when they finished work, around them a workshop and I, that I had in Otahu. I was an auto electrician. This included Mark Graham and co, and Gary Prohm, Owen Wright, Nicky Wright, or, you know, some really what good players. Uh, yeah, top top players who were only kids at the time, and we used to like at that stage Australia was unbeatable. They were really unbeatable, so we used to draw on a, on the blackboard that we had in my in my uh, uh, lunchroom in my workshop. I'd draw a plan on how if I was the coach and these and my player these you know they were playing for the Kiwis. This is what we do to win. This is what this is the move we'd call. And I had the absolute dream come true because 10 years later, that's what we did with some of the same yeah. players. So that, that, I think that first instance when you compete, uh, when you have the thrill and the honour of, of representing your country at that level, it sticks in your mind forever. And it, you, you remember every moment and all, you know, all the silly little things never go away. And, and so yeah. it's, it's, it's very hard not to watch a game between the Kiwis and Australia now without remembering those days. Yeah. Passion's palpable. You know this, Lowy. You don't know me to tell you this. You know, uh, a lot of the audience might not remember, for 40, 45 years of this rivalry, dating back to the early 20th century, it was really even. It was like 50-50. It wasn't really to the 50s. Mm. Australia sort of took a stranglehold. And you're right, their club competition sort of was just such a great launching pad for those wonderful sides. And they've produced so many great players. In more recent years, as we've got players into that competition, We've had um, you know some taste of success, but maybe over the last six or seven years, Lo, it's starting to be a little bit too much green and gold again, isn't it? Well, yeah, it, it, they they have grown another leg, and I think the advantage of state of origin um, plays a little part in that as well, because you know that, that's a really really competitive arena to play in, and the combinations that some players are able to form at that level certainly helps when they move into the Australian team and. Um, um, but, but you know, but if you you look at it from another way, if you look at the NRL as a whole and name the top 20 players in the NRL, you know you'd be hard pressed not to include 10 Kiwis in that top 20. So you know, the, the, while, yeah. while the while the field does seem to shift a little bit, it's still the same in many ways. And it, now more than ever, New Zealand has got a chance. Um, or a better chance than they used to have. You know, years gone by, if they lost one or two players to injury or whatever, it was a struggle. You know, like, for example, if they lost... Very true. The Kiwis lost Mark Graham or, or Gary Freeman or or, or um, Shane Varley or, you know, one of those sort of players, Olsen Filipino, they lost one of those. It was a big it was a big hole in the team. 
Um, but now, you know, the depth because of the because of the NRL and the and the um, the popularity of the NRL and the number of players that are lining up to play in the Kiwi guys, you know, I think that it gives the New Zealand rugby league a, a lot more opportunities to choose from. Hey, so Graham, great having you on the show. Uh, love hearing you talk Lowe. about rugby league because. Sorry, Lowe. Sorry, Lowe. Sir Lowe. <laughs> I um, I love hearing you talk about rugby league because I know nothing about it, which is great. Well, I know so, he's on the bandwagon officially, Lowe. You'd be proud of him. He's really got into it in twenty twenty. Yeah, I have. I've he's caught the buck. Become a Warriors yeah. fan of the Warriors movement, but so you're saying to me that individually we've actually got a great team. You know, we've got good individual players, yeah. but what what does this actually mean? Like. I never grew up um, with the history of rugby league. I never. I only grew up with rugby, so I have that sort of passion and a, that burning desire, like country versus country. How big is this yeah. this game? How big is the Pacific Championship? I think it's very big. We, we've we've totally underestimated it. Um, some can see it. I think Australia can probably see it bigger than we can over here in New Zealand at the moment, but. The Pacific Nations, for rugby league people in particular, because the rugby, uh, because the island, uh, different island nations and, and the different islanders that played for the, for particularly in the Auckland competition up here in Auckland, they made such an impact, such an impact, and we always knew, we always knew, if if they were able to actually play for the for their nation or or their home, you know. Um, um, uh, home home nation, it would put a whole new uh, it would put a whole new um, landscape on the international rugby league, and, and you know we're seeing mm. parts of now. I I just hope their fans turn up today to support uh, the Kiwis in this game because mm. we need that passion. You know that it's it, they bring along an absolute genuine you know excitement and love and love. expectation yeah. and yeah they, that's what they bring along to the game and and. Um, and that's that's one of the differences between rugby league and rugby union. I mean, rugby union, you look, watch a lot, a lot of the lot of the games in the in the uh, rugby world cup, and I'm not bagging it or saying it's better or worse or anything. But you watch the crowds; they all just sit there and gently. It's real kick and clap. And yet you watch when yeah. some I was playing or the Kiwis are playing, they're jumping out of their seats, they're screaming at one another, and it's just it's it's that's what it's like in state of origin as well. So that passion in the crowd. The passion in the crowd is something. It's probably come originally from the north of England in the in the game up there because every single game up there you get these small clubs with eight or nine thousand seats and and gee whiz you'd swear you you swear you've got two hundred thousand in the stadium. <laughs> you're so you're so right. It's been our theme of the day, sort of you know just encouraging people to enjoy their sport. And, yeah. And, and you're so right about. Uh, um, you know, Tonga, uh, Tō Samoa, the, the fans have been fantastic. Uh, look at the Kumals, always have been. Uh, it is wonderful. So great opportunity um, for us to, to and, and Hamilton in front of a good crowd to, to really be that 14th player on the field. Right, they have played just last week. How much, you know, yeah. will coaches take, you know, put your coaching hat on. We've got about two or three minutes on this. Um, yeah. How much do you look back at last week and make, make improvements from, or does that not really matter? The, the fact that there was an 18-point scoreline in Australia's favourite just a week ago. Oh, I think that when you're playing test football, every single game matters, no matter what. It's a, it's a test match. That's what it is. It's a test of what you've got at the time. But looking at, looking back, I'm, I'm sure um, 
Michael Maguire, he would have been happy with some things but quite disappointed with others. They didn't actually bond as well as maybe he wanted them to. There was, like, we didn't see enough of the centres, uh, you know, that were, Australia dominant, without any doubt, the combinations of Australia dominated uh, New Zealand. But I thought the scoreline actually uh, flat, it flattered, it flattered Australia a little bit. But Australia, uh, the Kiwis have to get their key, like Manu for uh, Joseph, Joseph Manu out there in the centres has to be a dominant player. It's no good being a big reputation player out there. Got to put all that to one side and absolutely rip into the, this Australian team without without any doubt. You know the, the forwards have got a really tough a tough job because uh, with the two new with the two front rows back at Haas and um, Big Tino back in the front row for Australia, they're two fantastic front rowers. So the Kiwis really are up against a tougher task than they were last week. But I think emotionally they weren't quite there for the test. This right. is about a test match. It's not, it's not about a haka or anything like this. This is about <laughs> the whole focus should be about the 80 minutes of football. And I, I just think that they just weren't emotionally where they could have been. Individually, I've got to say the Kiwis individually last week looked really powerful as individuals. They really looked powerful individuals, but they weren't there as a team. Australia was there as a team from the kickoff. Lowy, how important is it in rugby league to start well? I mean, obviously you want to, like the, the rugby league final, uh, NRL final, obviously... You know, the Panthers came from behind. Miles. But I, I, and that's, to me, that is uncharacteristic in the sport. It almost feels like you have to go hard early and get ahead of the game. Yeah, you, you, that's, a, that's a good point, that, because you do have to go hard. And there's no particular minute in the game of rugby league, whether it be the first or the 80th. There's no, there's no minute that's more important than any other. Every single one of those minutes is valuable, and you have to extract every advantage you can out of every single minute. And that's the only way to play test football. That's why it's called test football. It's not called trials or clubs. This is test <laughs> football. And in many ways, many of us have forgot what, forgotten what the, you know, the meaning of test actually means. It's a test of everything. And, um, and, and for New Zealand to win, to, I mean, they're up against a really good Australian team and a well-coached team. But in saying that, I think the Kiwis are extremely well-coached. They've got a good, experienced coach there who understands yeah, the players. But some of the players, I think, have to go to another gear. I'd like to see Joseph Tarpany, who I'm a, I'm a great fan of his. I'm a real good fan. But gee whiz, I want to see him ripping into those back rows of the, of the kangaroo side. Lowy, Sir Lowy, whatever we want to call you, we've loved having you on, my friend. Thank you so much. The passion is still palpable, my friend. Enjoy it. <laughs> really do appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Thanks, Thanks Lee. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much. Our pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Our treat. Absolute legend of New Zealand Rugby League. What wonderful storytelling. Still at 77 years young. Um, legend. He is sort of standing up at the back of my neck. I, I want to tackle you in the red, bro. Speaks Come with on. authority. Run at me. Run at me. It is nearly four minutes away from 12 o'clock. Back with the headlines after this. I'm gonna be like you. I'm only up, can't you see? I'm only up, can't you see? 
Send me, send me, send me, see. Ah, oh, get some. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, listeners. Help me with lyrics. Why am I so bad? Google it, mate. You ch- you're the chat GP king. Yeah, well, you can't ask God when you don't know the name of the song. You've never heard this one. I've heard it, but I still don't know what she says. I can hear, I want to be like you. That's, that's me saying it to you. What? You sound like Granddad Simpson right now. Really? Here you do a little bit. Wave your fist at a cloud. Everyone's got their, everyone's got their Achilles heels. Lyrics is mine. Lyrics and geography. Well, not everyone has their Achilles heels. Peter Steph de Toy doesn't have his. Oh, gee. Do you know his his father donated his Achilles? To, well, to who? Peter Steph de Toy, man of the match of the Rugby World Cup final. Yeah? Yeah. Go look that up. He donated his Achilles. Yeah, because Peter Steph was shot. How do you... Uh, okay. An Achilles transplant? Go, go read wow. up on it while I give uh, I will. the sporting headlines. While I give the sporting oh. headlines. Um, I hope it's Achilles or maybe it's ligaments. It's definitely in the ankle area. It's around there. Look it up. I would give you my Achilles, Daniel. <laughs> you are my Achilles, Grant. <laughs> hey, the White Ferns captain, Sophie Devine, is pretty good at uh, T20 cricket, isn't she? She was at the Wacker last night and led the Scorchers to a six-wicket victory over the Melbourne Renegades. Uh, why am I going to play you this? Um, as picked up by other New Zealand media organisations, Peter Devine, the father, was there. Proud parent moment. How's this? He's being interviewed. He's being interviewed while Sophie's going nuts. There you go. Oh, did you get all of that? Oh, that's hot. Oh, is that over, 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 over? You'll beauty. <laughs> I love that. You'll beauty. That's awesome. That's very cool. So yeah, there's our lead story at the top of the hour. I'm not sure how much news value is in that. I, I just think it's really cool. Get that into you. Get that, <laughs> get that into you. Hey, uh, Joseph Parker, um, a bit like most relevant everweight boxers, put their hands up and said, look at me. Um, um, and pay attention to me, Francis Nagano. Uh, yeah. Uh, the former UFC champion turned boxer, Francis Nagano, um, went down to Tyson Fury in a near splits, uh, split points decision lost in Saudi Arabia. Now, speaking on Boxing YouTube channel seconds out, Parker says Nagano going the distance with Fury showed his potential in the sport and he would relish the opportunity to fight him. Come fight me, he's kind of saying. Well, he's saying exactly this. Direct quote, Francis can mix it up in boxing. If he went the rounds with the champion of the world, he can have some big fights. If the opportunity presented itself, it would be awesome. He did right. Uh, he did say. Uh, elsewhere, the Breakers had a good win, 91-81 over the Taipans. Who are from where, Grant? Canberra. You're the Canberra close. Taipans. You're getting closer. You're getting closer. You're now in the ACT. You, you originally started in Tasmania. Didn't you Hens. tell me? Hens. Oh, Ken's. Oh, and you okay. wonder why, listeners, we call him the goldfish. Because <laughs> yeah. he has a memory like a goldfish. Ken's. The Ken's Ken's Taipans, of course. Um, uh, the Football Association in England is investigating whether banned midfielder Sandro Tonali breached betting rules after joining Newcastle in the summer. Uh, Tonali uh, was suspended uh, not long ago for 10 months by the Italian Football Federation in October. Uh, for betting on matches involving his teams Brescia and AC Milan. The ban was made worldwide. Uh, he only joined Newcastle from Milan for £55 million in July, uh, and now the FA is investigating whether he carried on his uh, betting on football while in Newcastle, which I assume could see the suspension extended. And Rossi Erasmus has finally lost his mind, or oh, no, he has lost his mind again, at one New Zealand rugby journalist. 
Uh, ben Smith, who I had on the station a couple of weeks ago from Rugby Pass, I described Ben Smith as the Stephen Jones of South African rugby. Mm-hmm. Stephen Jones, the uh, what the Welsh slash English rugby writer who's lived in the head of New Zealand rugby fans for years, got under their skin magnificently. Well, Ben's played a very, very uh, shrewd, nagging on a line in length, poking the ribs of South African rugby fans, and they bite all the time, especially the fans on social media. Uh, but uh, not for the first time. Rossi Erasmus has had a little dig <laughs> at Ben Smith on Twitter. So let's get to our Rossi Erasmus desk. We do love the Rossi Erasmus desk. It's great. Um, and I'd like to know, how many deep is he with this message? How, ma- how many has he had, Grant? Okay. Okay. Let me hear the and, message. And what's he, what's he likely drinking? Because there's seven stages, yeah, there's, I know. There's seven. Ben, I don't know if you are a real person, but surely you must stop embarrassing New Zealand with your tweets. Grow up, man, and just have a look if you still have balls, question mark, he or she, no, sorry, brackets, he or she, end bracket. That will show and help you to get a bit more as space, man, or a lady, full stop, you equal New Zealand bracket, not close bracket. Yeah, uh, you, you're really deep there because... Yeah, yeah he's had a few. Because, I mean, there's seven stages. Yeah. The last stage is thinking that you're, you know, Ed's and Senna driving home. Um, and this is probably just prior to that. So I think you're in the sixth stage where don't text and drink. Not a great don't, idea. Don't tweet and drink. Tweet Ever. and drink. Um, and Ever. Rusty's broken that rule. But like, they, someone needs to take his phone away from him because he doesn't. Well, no. He no. takes videos and. No, so someone, someone just, he, he needs a third party to okay the tweets because there's a lot of good tweets normally. Yeah. He played a good troll game during that World Cup. Yeah, he played did. Great mental games, but that's. That's a little bit below the belt, excuse the pun, I would, mm. I would think. And, and what, what's his poison of choice, you think? Oh, it would be Clip Drift. Clippies. Clippies and Coke. Clippies. What is it's a, it's a It's a brandy, like Brandevane. We used to call it a uh, Kung Fu juice. It was, you know, yeah. It was, it was lethal. Right. Lethal stuff. But um, you are correct about uh, Steph Dutoy, Peter Steph Dutoy. It wasn't an Achilles, though. You lied to the listeners. Who was our listener earlier who I said... Didn't I didn't lie. Sorry. I, I misled them. Misled them. With with inaccuracy. Uh, I'm willing to accept I was wrong. So he... Finn's yawning. St- Peter Steph Dutoy's dad reckons that Peter Steph Dutoy is not even the best sports person in his family. What? Yeah. That's what he said. Um, so and, actually, what muscle does he have of his father? So he does have his father in him. Yeah. And his father... Literally. So it's the, the eldest of his four sons and a grandson of a man that won 14 test cap, caps and went by the nickname Muscles. He actually gave him his hamstring tendon. Wow. So the dad gave him his hamstring tendon. And if his, it's... His father, Pete, was a... Pete, right? Was a prop to South Africa. Yeah, so he had a lot of tendon to Pete give. You can imagine. Imagine the size of this man. I can imagine that he's weighing in at sort of like 140... And maybe six foot eight sort of thing, uh, but yeah, he gave him his uh, gave him a, a hamstring tendon. Wow! Prior to the World Cup, so that's what this family does. They eat meat and they lend tendons to each other. In 2015, though. Yeah. In 2015, prior yeah. to the World Cup in 2015. So Peter Toy is running around with what a 70 year old hamstring tendon. <laughs> still the best player um, on the 
on the field in a Rugby World Cup final. He was just remarkable. Jeez, those, those hits Jordan, that he put on Jordy Barrett. Jordy Barrett's been waking up in cold sweats all week thinking of him, I'm sure. How did he get there so quickly? That's what I kept thinking. Why, are you suggesting he's offside? <laughs> no. Suggesting he's bending the rules? No, I was just... I'm very... pretty sure you called him a cheat. <laughs> South African Rugby Twitter's going to be coming at you, Grant. Yeah, Finn, fire it up. Ben Smith is not going to be public enemy number one anymore. It will be Grant Elliott. Rusty's going to be te- going to be messaging you after a few clip- clippies and coke. Yeah, tag Rusty yeah. on it. Tag Rusty. Chop this up, social media team. Send this <laughs> out to the world and... The wrath of Russi is coming Grant Elliott's way. He'll be like, what? Who? Who? <laughs> Who? Oh, 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 the Saturday sesh. Yes, that, heard that of them. Guy. The Saturday sesh. Good stuff. Good fun. All right, where are we going? We're going to a break. Coming up after the break, we'll look at Pakistan and New Zealand. It's a massive game of uh, one-day international cricket at the World Cup at 6 o'clock later tonight. Uh, our privilege to play our interview with our Pakistan cricket tom- commentator, former Pakistan player, Aruj Mumtaz. After this break, stay with us. Well, you've heard her voice on the airwaves. You've heard it all over the world. And generally, she's commentating when Barbarazm is scoring 100. <laughs> she's a very good friend of mine and uh, first debutante on the show, all the way from Pakistan, from Karachi, Pakistan, Aruj Mumtaz. Aruj, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks, Grant. That uh, sounded very lovely. And if I find that makes any sense, I'm hoping it clicks tomorrow for Barbarazm. Well, we don't. Well, generally, <laughs> generally, you're the one that's on the airwaves. <laughs> I think I, I got that sense when I was in Pakistan that the public, whenever Baba got to, you know, 80-odd, they were like, get Aruj on the, the, in the commentary box. We need her calling this because every time she does, he scores 100. I think you were next yes. to me when he scored his hundred, um, his last hundred against New Zealand, and that was yes. a series um, where, got, looking back, we spent a month together in Pakistan, and I looked at that Pakistan team and I went, "Wow, this team has got the best bowling attack yeah. in the world." Um, but then you lost Nasim Shah. How do you think this Pakistan team is looking now, or almost sort of two, three months on from that that tour that we were at? Uh, well, um, you com- you were completely right that we probably still had the best quick bowling lineup in terms of Shaheen, Masim with the new ball and Harris in the middle and then towards the back end with, the, the, with that trio. Um, but you have to put in context. We were struggling with a frontline spinner for a while. And uh, we were obviously playing Shadda, who was, again, you saw the wickets in Pakistan. New Zealand toured Pakistan twice, didn't bring their full strength team and it was almost out of context where we looked very good but it was with the quick bowling we still had struggle with the spin new bowling unit and that's probably what is fast out in so i mean if when you put into context those three bowlers bowling together we were obviously we played the likes of netherlands afghanistan we didn't play the first and new zealand side either and you need to put into context so the damage was primarily being done by that uh, trio of shaheen nasim and Rowe which was enough to sort of almost cover uh, the, the, you might want to call it, limitations or, or the hurdles that we were having with our spin bowling unit. And Shadab and Nawaz were sort of doing the trick and filling in that 20-over period with Iftafar chipping in or Salman Aliaga when he was bowling. So that issue wasn't quite glaring in your face as an, as an issue, uh, although um, it was always there. So I think Pakistan sort of 
rode this high horse of being world number one without really putting into context what was going on and how we got there and the quality oppositions we played. And but we were found out very quickly once the Asia Cup started. I think well into the first and second game, uh, those issues sort of hit Pakistan. And um, I still feel that spinning twenty overs, unless Pakistan play with a four seamer, which is unlikely, those twenty overs will be where the opposition does take take charge against us. When you just look at the entirety of the tournament to date, you know the wins and loss column suggests the side has been a little bit inconsistent. And I guess that's an old trope, sort of, um, you know, one of the old lines thrown towards Pakistan, whether it's fair or not. I think people like to rely on that. So w w when you look at the performance in the tournament, have they been resembling a consistent side or or those fluctuations been a little bit too vast from your perspective? No, they have been vast. Um, but again, uh, it doesn't take sort of rocket science kind of brain to imagine where they've come from. Again, you put into context the build-up into the World Cup, the opening pair was an issue uh, throughout the Asia Cup. And once you play good quality sides and better oppositions consistently, that becomes even more of a vast or a glaring issue. Um, the the middle order in Cypher Pakistan did well throughout. Um, the, the, the problem was that Pakistan didn't click as a unit throughout the World Cup. And hence why, not until, again, South Africa maybe had they played their 50 overs, it could have been a different story. But it wasn't until Bangladesh, the seventh game of the tournament of a game of nine in the round stage, that Pakistan eventually got everything clicking together. Um, so for me, it was more of the build-up into the Asia Cup and the World Cup. And we didn't sort our issues out, which were pointed to us during the Asia Cup. And, and hence why tomorrow or England become that much more uh, difficult and we're still going to be praying for someone else to slip up. Aruj, you know, one of the things that Pakistan, I, I believe, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it always looks like you get a few losses or you go through a bad patch because I actually think this has been a very good team. You know, looking at them uh, in their own conditions against New Zealand in the last tour, I was like, wow, this is this has got the making. And I even said to you, I said, imagine Pakistan beating India in the World Cup. Like we were sort of thinking like that. But I, I think that one of the things that adds to the inconsistency of Pakistan is that as soon as they have a bad run of form, the selector goes, like Inzi's gone now. And then, you know, they'll ax this group of, of coaches, a few players go. Like there's just no consistency and conformity in, in what happens. And that's very difficult. It makes it difficult for a team to be consistent. I mean, if you put it uh, the way you're saying it, if Pakistan are phenomenal with all of the drama that goes on <laughs> behind the scenes. With, with it, it is absolutely ridiculous how it functions because you look at histories of World Cups, right? It has been turmoil within within the board or leading up to. We'd have, we've had what three chairmen's change. In the past one year, we've had multiple chief selectors and now the current chief selector has resigned mid-tournament. Uh, the, the board within the, the chairman is having a go at having to clarify his position with the skipper. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's really unfortunate the way it pans out. Uh, and you have to almost feel for the 15 who are there trying to, you know, sort of do what they're supposed to do and they're hoping that at least their own board would have would have their back, but it hasn't been the case. Um, so that has always been something that you push Pakistan into the corner. Uh, and I think you go back to 1992 when Imran Khan came out wearing uh, sort of an injured Tigers 
uh, t-shirt yeah. and said that you know sort of an injured tiger is more dangerous and that's exactly what pakistan is you push them up against the wall when the chips are down and they're completely out uh, and they come up with their best performance that's what makes them so dangerous but if you look at it practically it's not how you win world cups no you're so right so and, you, you, no, i was just about to say it's a shame inzamam didn't go in 1992 13 year old daniel is still crying after his heroics <laughs> at eden park i remember 92 that you crushed us in christchurch and stuck into the playoffs through the back door um what are the chances of history repeating when you look at the, I, I guess, firstly, the most important thing, winning the next game, they, they've beaten New Zealand five times in this year alone. They must be very buoyant about their chances. Yeah, you look at how Pakistan's now shaping up with, in terms of form, uh, their bowling unit clicking, the, their opening partnership coming uh, good in terms of Fakhar Zaman. The middle order has been scoring consistently. It's probably the one thing that you can look at in Pakistan's top orders one or two making those big runs, barring from what the 344 chase against Sri Lanka was. But Shine Shafri, he's got his rhythm back. Looks like he's understood the length to bowl in India. Yeah. Uh, so it's like about peaking at the right time and suddenly Pakistan look a different unit. Uh, and you look at New Zealand, it's like four completely phenomenal one-sided wins on the trot. And then they've almost lost their way. They've obviously been hit by massive injuries. Uh, Kane's obviously been in and out. Uh, played the first, what well, I think, played two games in between. Henry, I think, is a big loss for New Zealand. Uh, Lockie Ferguson as well, because we've seen what express pace when delivered right can do. Uh, so it just feels it's almost like one team's peaked at the very right time, and one team's sort of just fallen off after a phenomenal start, given the injuries, and it comes together in a crunch game. And I just feel Pakistan has has the advantage going into this game. Well, I was about to say, Aruj, I mean, you know, you spoke about injured Tigers. We've got a number of injured Tigers in our team that <laughs> will not play. Um, in fact, we, we were discussing before you came on the call whether Danny Morrison might get the call up because we might not have enough players. Um, Carl, Carl Jameson comes in for Matt Henry, but it really does sound like you're confident about this one, which actually scares me because as a Pakistan fan, you're normally a little bit anxious because you're going, oh, no, which Pakistan is going to turn up here today? But I'm actually nervous as well because yes, I no. know that this this game means a lot in the context of the tournament, but also for Pakistan and to put pressure on New Zealand. Yeah, I think it's a, it's, it's, a, it's an even bigger uh, sort of a click that if you might say that it just switched on. It's almost like these 15 almost feel like they got to prove a point. Uh, they gotta show what the what they are made of, not just to the world, but just to their own people, the board, who's been sort of been so busy in trying to pull their own team down. So, uh, and 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 you're very right. It's it's a very very confident feeling because of all of those things. Just and then you never know beyond tomorrow. This is just for yeah. tomorrow because that's how unpredictable Pakistan is. But I just feel that. It was almost an understanding of conditions in India, which Pakistan took a little little while to recognize in terms of their quick bowling unit, in terms of length to bowl, hold a good length just on top of off. I thought Shine Shafidi finally, after realizing there was no swing, was very quick to consistently hit that length. Vaseem Jr. at the back end with his reverse swing has been very good. And we've seen that throughout the PSL as well. He keeps the ball within the stumps. 
uh, and the batting unit has come good. So it, it is not an it's not an anxious confidence. It's it's a it's a pure confidence because of all those reasons. Uh, and and I think Babar Azam, you had that feeling that Babar Azam is going to come good at some point. He's there's no debate in the quality or the skill that he has as a batter, and you just feel that it's just been way too long that that big score hasn't come. Although he scored his fifties and sixties and seventies. Uh, but it's just about conversion, and and then Ron, you started this conversation with how Babar Azam fancies New Zealand with his last century being against them. So all those things you put all those things in a line, and it just feels even on paper with form in the past two games into context. Just you just feel Pakistan is the stronger side. All be on eleven, but you just feel in terms of collectively they're just just falling off a little bit. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm concerned about. Barbara Azam at his best is a genius, right? And three fifties and seven innings tells me he's not far away, right, Grant? <laughs> you, you, you're a little bit worried, like I am. I, I'm, I'm really worried because Aruj. I mean, she's she's very short, but she's very confident. You know, like um, for a short person, there's a lot of confidence. She's always there, even on the golf course. Daniel, you must see her strike a golf ball. Um, there's anger there when she gets it wrong, but she's always fighting. And I think she, you know, I always think you've got to take it from where it comes, Daniel. And she's <laughs> always positive. She's a fighter and she loves Pakistan. So I think there's a little bit of bias there. I will say, um, you know, New Zealand, she's right. We started well. It was always going to be tough in the back end. That game against South Africa is massive. It's like, wow. Like we go in there and I don't know why we chose to uh, put them in uh, and have a bowl <laughs> because South Africa loved Bizarre. that and scoring big. Um, and now we're licking our wounds and you don't want to go into a game like this against Pakistan doubting yourself. But what I will say is every one of our batsmen have actually scored runs, gone in and done well. It's only Tom Latham who's maybe a little bit short. So I do think we go in with form. I think our bowling combinations is just struggling at the moment. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you think, Aruj, but I just think... Those injuries and the mismatch, like Saudi coming in with his broken thumb, going for 77 yeah. the other day against South Africa. We just haven't found that combination that you've got. Yeah, I think it's going to be that. The game will be uh, New Zealand's bowlers versus Pakistan's batters, whichever get the better of them. Because like you're saying, the New Zealand batting looks really good. Devin Conway will be a difficult wicket to get. Uh, Rachid Ravinda is, is having a time of his life with the bat. And it's not like he's just somebody who's on beginner's luck, although he's obviously still got uh, uh, matches behind him, but he's confident, he's assured, uh, and he's not afraid to take the game on. And then you've got the likes of Daryl Mitchell, Latham, um, and Glenn Phillips. So that's a that's a very good, strong top six. I think the only thing, like like I said earlier, would be Pakistan's batting versus New Zealand's bowling. Because Pakistan's batting has just come into form off late, and if you try and break through that opening partnership, that's what's probably put Pakistan under pressure. That rebuilding phase where we don't necessarily—we're not a team where necessarily we yeah. look to make use of the power play. We're probably at max. I think in this tournament we've been fifty-nine in that power play, even on good wickets. So that's that's the kind of template that Pakistan sort of plays—that hold wickets in hand. So if you manage to dent Pakistan with uh, in the power play, picking up two important wickets, that rebuilding phase where Mitch Satner probably comes in and you see Rizwan and Babar off late probably with the better quality spinners who can hold their length, struggle a little bit, that could be the game for me. Because for me, it'll be Trent Bolt and Mitch Satner uh, primarily. 
uh, and then Pakistan's batting order uh, in that you managed to pick up three quick wickets, it could be a different story. I feel this will be a 270-280 kind of a yeah. close game, close chase. Rouge, last one from me. After uh, I, I need some sort of retort after Grant's character assassination of you, describing you as short, overconfident and angry. Um, yeah, the floor is yours. <laughs> Well, the short and overconfident are fine. The angry he used to make us. So, well, that one's on him. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, all five feet, one inches of me is feeling confident about tomorrow. Uh, yeah. The angry comes from the fact that if Pakistan, have, Pakistan have only let themselves down. They've shot themselves yeah. in the foot on all seven occasions, uh, including South Africa, including giving away 367 or 344 against the likes of Australia and uh, Sri Lanka not batting their 50 overs against India, laboured chase in chasing 280 something against New Zealand where they took their own sweet time. Um, so it's been Pakistan not arriving, right? It, it it It's a World Cup and you need to be on the money from game one. So uh, that's where the sort of, sort of frustration comes in that uh, we could have been such a better side. It's not like the opposition's blown us away. We haven't played good quality cricket in all three facets. Um, at, at on a consistent basis, and that's what's the angry part of being <laughs> Pakistan. But saying all of that, that's what Pakistan cricket is, uh, which is which is which is which is also not okay because you want to inconsistency is not something to be proud of, uh, and and given the amount of talent, raw talent, and the ability that Pakistan yeah. does find with ball in essence, and then now also off late with the bat, you put structures together, and my God. We'd just be winning World Cups after World Cups, but so that's probably the frustrating part. That uh, having all of that is just Pakistan letting themselves down in the first six out of the seven, oh, five out of the seven games that they played. Well, Grant, I, I, I share a small room with you every week, Grant. So I've got to allow you to have the final word or comment, <laughs> or question. Well, it's a final question. I mean, you know, as my personal dentist, Arush, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> What is what is your <laughs> finest moment? Was it was it calling a Barbarazam hundred or cleaning up my front teeth? Just really, I don't know. Yeah, we're on Zoom at the oh, moment. And that I'm beautiful smile. Anytime, Grant. Rouge Montage special, isn't it? Absolutely. It doesn't get better than that, right, Grant? <laughs> <laughs> Barbara no, will we... keep scoring his centuries. Maybe just one tomorrow, even if I'm not there. Uh, but those pearly whites. I think that's icing on the cake. <laughs> well, listen, we we love love having you on the show as a debutante. Um, you bring colour. Not everyone can see that because you're on Zoom tonight. And um, but um, you know, like I love listening to you commentate. Yeah. I love the passion that you have for Pakistan. Uh, your fans, what they bring to the game, and what Pakistan brings to the game in terms of skill level is just unbelievable. So. I think you're right. I think this is going to be a, a good game to stay awake for in New Zealand. So a nice time for you. So enjoy it. And I do hope you're wrong, though. I hope New Zealand win. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Thanks for thanks for coming on the show, Ruji. Thanks for having me, guys. This is an absolute pleasure and a lot of fun. And I'm hoping this debut turns into more of a consistent outing. I like the sound of that, considering you absolutely hammered her calling a short, arrogant, overconfident. You did did I say arrogant? 
Well, I no, seemed overconfident. I, I might be. I might be putting words. <laughs> uh, it weren't there in, into the subject matter. No, she absolutely hammers me though. Right. Like, uh, her and Zanab Abbas, they're the two women in the in the crew, the commentary crew, and they're just at me. Like literally, after a month, I was like, I I have to go. Leave me alone. I think because they, they were like you and Finn. I mean, oh. Finn's been quite. Oh, no, soft on me Finn today. Finn's is don't throw your thing. hands up in the air, Huck Finn. Berry, don't you dare bring you me into this. Occasion. Don't you dare <laughs> say that about Huckleberry. You see? You see how you I'm, both gang I'm up on me? I'm the bully. Daniel wants to claim <laughs> all of it. <laughs> yeah. Has your wife said to you lately, the shame, poor Grant, you need to back off on him a little bit? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Reasonably common. Thank you, Mrs. McCarty. Typical, I don't listen. <laughs> well, today has been a different theme. I, I, I feel like we're maturing as a couple. Do you think we've got an emotional awakening? Yeah, I think we have. I think we've been a little yeah. bit more positive. Okay. We're like slapping each other on the back. Nice. Yeah, that's what we need every now and then. Yeah. You need like, that. The light, the light bulb has finally gone on. Uh, in all seriousness, is it the New Zealand bowlers versus the Pakistan batters as a rouge point? Uh, yes. Point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, because I think. That the New Zealand bowling lineup, and as we saw the stats there, you know, you look through the stats of the tournament, we're now at the back end of it. How many feature in the top 10? You know, we've got Satner and Henry, but, you know, Henry's gone. We, we don't have Henry anymore. Yeah, so Henry's gone. So that's kind of like where we're at. It's like our bowling, I think it's our combinations. It's not the talent that we've got, but in one day cricket, you have to find the right combinations. It's like, you know, Southy and Bolt together is like your yin and your yang. That worked really well when it's swing conditions. But Lockie Ferguson, it's kind of like, where do you play him? Do you well, play him w- after the power play? Do you play him as impact bowler? Eight wickets and five, good average, good economy right. He has performed, but it's getting him on the field. Yeah, yeah. Getting him on the field. Trent Bolt, though, just, is it just me or is he just not swung it at this tournament? Yeah, he hasn't. Any level. And, and this, I know, you know, overall... Um, feeling it hasn't moved laterally much off the seam or out of the hand, um, especially for those who sort of bowl on the wicket. But I still see the likes of Shaheen Shah Freddie sort of still get a little bit to go. Yeah. Gunston's got a little bit as far as left, left armers. I mean, there's a lot of things with swing. It's uh, wrist position and also your arm position. You don't want to be over the, the um, vertical. But uh, Trent Bolts never is. He Sometimes he gets a little bit wide with his arm. Um, so it's that optimal kind of you know, angle with the wrist and, and where your arm's at. He'll find it, but also in, in India, you have to decide early on, am I getting swing? Because if you are, great. But if you're not, well, you have to go back to cutters and cross seamers and three-quarter seamers, changes of pace early. Otherwise, you can get hurt because you look for that foolish length and you look to try and bowl the ball up there and swing it. Um, but he's a match winner, Trent Bolt. So it's almost like Shane Shah, Freedy and Trent Bolt would kind of like, negate each other it's like a match up and you go cool okay we'll put them away it's a 10 yeah. 10 man game and now. he's me quibbling over 10 wickets of 33 you know and it yeah. can be right of you know mid five why is he not doing better <laughs> no because yeah. he can be an a plus he can no be he should card. be he can be an a he can be a trump card but i i think that the point that i'm making is that the reason why our bowlers are not up there is because we've just got our combinations bad or incorrect because you know when you're bowling well daniel and you're creating pressure but asking questions, sometimes I might be the one to get wickets. So is the person that's bowling with Trent Bolt creating enough pressure? You know, Matt Henry, he was, he's was he been bowling well. 
but he's and been quite expensive, Matt Henry. Yeah, especially the last couple of games, mm. especially the Australia one. Yeah. They clearly targeted him, right? I, and yeah. I think that was the ultimate sign of respect mm. of how good he has been and how important he has been in, that, in those opening 10 overs, Matt Henry, for New Zealand. And let's be frank, New Zealand have had 29 bonus overs from Glenn Phillips. Mm. Six for one, five, five. There's no way on earth did they expect to get that much out of him with the ball. No, but that's that also shows you how much it's required in those conditions to have an off-spinner. So you look at Michael Bracewell and you're like, damn it, just before the World Cup. Tim at seven would have been quite... Oh, perfect. Like, more for the bowling than the batting. I mean, he's a magnificent batter, obviously. Right. But, you know, Phillips does the batting as well in terms of, like, what Mike Bracewell can do. But uh, uh, Michael Bracewell's a far superior off-spin bowler. All right. Uh, Let's get to... So, win the toss. Have a bat. Set a, a big total. Okay. Yeah. On the record. Over three hundies. And then put Pakistan under pressure. And we know what they're like under pressure in a big game. And then it's up to Bubba. And how are they under pressure? Oh. Put this off and send it to Pakistan. <laughs> and get them coming at Grant. They don't like pressure. And do you know why? Because the game means so much to them. When I played in the Pakistan Super League... We got into the change room after winning a game. It was like we'd won the World Cup. And really? the manager's running around and they're going, cash bonuses for a KP because he hit a six. And there's a party tonight. We lost the next game. The manager folded his arms like, just like you're doing now in front of me and was staring at me. And it looked like some, like everyone's family had been murdered. It was like wow. it went from the greatest moment of all time don't, to the darkest change room you've ever seen. Don't get too high, don't get too low. Yeah, and it's because the, the it, game means so much to them. It's their life. And Enzi's out the door. Yeah, Enzi's gone. He's like, under, he probably could see of, the writing on the wall. a shadow, I, I understand. There's some interesting sort of... Uh, if they win, he'll come back in again. He'll be like, Enzi reinstated. I think conflict of interest. Yeah. No, they'll be like, we need to get him in for the semi-final. <laughs> 22 away from one. Uh, we will take a break. Clayto can't be too far away. We'll find out what's happening after 1 o'clock. Uh, our sporting tips you should probably run a mile from. Also still to come. Stay with us. <laughs> 18 away from 1 o'clock. Wait, that's 17. It's just gone 17 minutes away from 1 o'clock. You know what they say in there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I was going to say, do they say cool it? Cool it down, down, or pull it, pull it down, down. Which one? Cool it. Cool it down, Turn down, it up, down. Let's go, Finn. Let's see. I'll give you a hint, Grant. The uh, the name of the song is called Cool It Down, so um, that might help. That'll be Cool It Down. I mean, it could. It sounds like pull, pull it down, down. down. Nothing gets past you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Been <laughs> shaking his head. He's over it. He's over it's it. He's like three hours with these muppets. I don't get paid enough. I don't get paid enough for this. That's right. <laughs> don't worry, mate. We'll come to an end one day. Um, <laughs> look on the bright side. You're nearly one show closer to the finish. Good day, Clado. Hello, Good afternoon. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah, how are the nags going, Clado? What's happening Fan- in the nag world? Fantastic. Fantastic. Big day. Both sides of the Tasman today. We're at Tauranga. 
who are celebrating 150 years of racing at Tauranga. So a real special occasion for them. And I do have a winner for you guys at Tauranga later this afternoon. And of course, Trentham, you'll be able to pop out to Trentham and back it at Trentham. Oh, well, I've got my suit here and my, uh, my uh, what's it called, top hat ready to go. I've got a date oh, at Sky Stadium, unfortunately. Clado, sorry. Oh. Oh, oh, he's so busy, Clado. He's like, oh, sorry, guys, I've got to work, you know. Yeah. My yeah. voice. The, the, the people want my voice ah. again. <laughs> no one else was available in Wellington to call the Wellington Phoenix. Oh, no. Oh, you're better than that, Daniel. Well, they love you. The voice of the Phoenix. So, Clayton, hot tips, and who's in the studio with you today? Uh, Louis Herman Watts down at our Christchurch studio as we end oh, up is for he a cup still, week. Is he still involved? Yeah, he's still, he's still <laughs> trespassed from the Auckland studio after what went on, what happened last time. Hey, it's Derby Day across the Tasman at Flemington, and the $10 million Golden Eagle in Sydney and New Zealand have got a runner. And she's a live chance legato. And, of course, watching the second at Flemington today, ladies, man, he's going to sneak into the Melbourne Cup. So we're going to have a Kiwi horse in the Melbourne Cup on Tuesday. But he's right on the borderline. Excellent. What a time to be alive the last couple of weeks, Grayson. There's been so many big events coming thick and fast. How has the team performed? It's been a few weeks since we've been on air. We'd like to know. Have you had a hot hand over the last few weeks? Yeah, no, we've been going pretty good. We've been going pretty good. Good Oil's picked up a couple of wins in the last month, so that's org as well for the wallet. And because you guys are such charmers, which is what we're going to tip you at Tauranga today in race nine. Go on, tell us. What a charmer, number nine. Oh, what a charmer. Ah, I like What that. a charmer. So you can, you can okay. get to uh, the cake. Snake tinnin. charmer. Okay, well... Um, we're going to take that into account for tips that you should run a mile from, but are we going to put a little oh. disclaimer that Clado said that it's no, going to come no, I've tipped, you've tipped you good oil before, so, you know, we're the, on a streak. There's still an ad break to go, Grant, so you'll probably forget the name of the horse in the five minutes. We'll test Charmer. you. Uh, that, we'll that, test you at five break. to one. That's, that's, that's more than likely what's going to be the case. <laughs> in fact, I might test you after the rate what the name is. I'm actually like. hurt, though, Clado. I'm hurt that I've never been invited to, um, you know, your... Show to give tips. You, sort of hang around you have you been invited, that. even when you're in the Auckland studio. Oh, Grant, do you want to do a couple of hours on the good oil? Uh, I would, but uh, no, I'd rather catch a plane. I would, but I've got a few easy yeah. bets to make. I don't want to be rude, <laughs> but and everything that follows is always rude. Something like that. Clayton, have a great show, mate. Great to see you. Thanks, guys. Great Cheers, show. Cheers, um, 13 minutes away from 1 o'clock. 13 minutes away means we've got to take a break. And on the other side, yes, it's what you've been waiting for. Sporting punts that you should probably run a mile from. Stay with us. Nine and a half minutes away from one o'clock. Time for one final feature on this program, as we always do. It is the sporting tips you should probably run a mile from. And I think it's been lacking some drama. No, you I, don't need to run a mile from them because I got I my multi. Uh, it was the last one I got. It's been lacking some drama, this segment. So now we have an, a, a new theme, Jane. For the sporting tips, you should probably run a mile from. It's topical, right? Nice, I like this. Quite good on piano, aren't I? Get your pens and papers ready, because Do not... I'm running hot. <laughs> Are you afraid? <laughs> very afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> yeah. How did your last multi go? We, we, we need to recap what happened through. Okay, I'll time. show you my last multi. Oh, there you go. It was a no five-match multi. Nailed it. It, it came in. The one-week 
it came in, we were then off for two weeks. Yep. So Which is why I'm, I told you I'm running hot and I've got a multi here. Five match multi. Get your pens and papers ready. Are you paying attention? <clears throat> right. It's in the English Premier League. Fulham versus Manchester United. Draw. Brentford versus West Ham. Brentford to win. Burnley versus Crystal Palace. Palace. Draw. Everton versus Brighton. Everton. Manchester City versus Bournemouth. Manchester City. That collects $70. You got two wrong there. Which ones? Everton's not beating Brighton. Well, we'll see. No. They're running hot at the moment, Everton. And Manchester United are awful. They're not, they're not beating Fulham. No, that's why it's a draw. Oh, okay, I misheard. I, I apologise. I apologise. $3.50, draw. Okay. Oh, dialing up the drama. Five league multi. It came in. I can't believe we were off here for two weeks and you didn't get to gloat about it. <laughs> that is really disappointing. Hey, do you know what's been disappointing? The turnout at the WXV1. Uh, so much for momentum after the Women's Rugby World Cup uh, last year. Uh, BBC's been going hard at it, and the English captain, English captain, um, called out our crowds. So get on down to Go Media, Mount Smart Stadium later today, seven o'clock. It is England up against the Black Ferns. It is a repeat Grand Italian of what? Well, it's the final. A, Eden Park. A, no, Eden yeah, Park of the Rugby World Cup, indeed. Yeah. Now on that day, England lost by just a few points. Mm. They were down a player. It was a line-out. Line-out yeah. that separated them. Very close at the end. England fuming. Fuming about that, I'm sure. I'm going for the upset. I've got England winning this one by 1-12, to 12, paying $3.20. Mm. $3.20, England to get some form of redemption. Steady. They would have been filthy for a year on this. They're going to come out hugely motivated, and most importantly, they'll stay with 15 on the field. It's not so $70, would, would but think. it's... Well, it's $3.20 and very much likely to come in in comparison to yours. So you're welcome, everyone. All right. Huckleberry. Huckleberry, what have you got? Oh, he's going to go basketball, isn't Well, he? yeah, I've just got, go, one, go, I got one freebie. Go I got one freebie. It's not. A, it's a. It's just the Golden State Warriors point start again uh, against See. the Thunder today. Minus six. Uh, cool. The Thunder don't have Shea Gilgis Alexander, so not one you should run a mile from, to be honest. Um, and I got another one as well, just from the Kiwis tonight. Move towards that one. Oh, okay, one. you have two. I have another you one. Have two bits, uh, mate. This one's paying seven dollars. Well, he deals with both of us, mate. Uh, he deals with both of us. He can. Ronaldo Mulatalo anytime try scorer and the Kiwis to win is paying seven dollars. So mm. you might want to run a mile from that one, but you never know. Well, I'm more confident you're first. I think, I think there's definitely, more sense. Definitely. Um, Shay is a very, very good player and he's unavailable. Right. Yes. Interesting. Uh, we're getting the Oscar wind-up music, Grant Elliott. Yeah. Well, I just want to thank our listeners. Um, you know, for the texts, the phone calls, always good. It's been a great show. Lots of energy from my mate Daniel. And Daniel's off to the football, so tune in for that as well. Final message from Craig. Ahoy crew of the Saturday session. Lord High Admiral Dan, Daniel and Rear Admiral Grant Rear and Seaman Finn fast asleep on the poop deck after an exhausting two days on end. Craig, <laughs> you have nailed it. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, everyone, in all seriousness, for playing a part. Biggest thanks, though, to Huckleberry himself. We'll catch you next week, team. Ta-da. Ta-ta.